The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. I have been uploading clubhouse rooms for a while now, and these rooms go for about two hours, maybe a little bit more, and they are on the topic of negotiating your way out of self-sabotage. Now, I know a lot of people say, how do you negotiate your way out of self-sabotage? It's a no-win situation. Yes, it is. You can actually win. The moment that voice comes into your head is the moment that you start the negotiation, but this time, it's not a win-win. This time, you're out to win over the voices in your head. You're firm, and you direct the negotiation. You say, there is no negotiation. This is it. I'm telling you now, this is what I want. (laughs) Anyway, I am going to put the November 5th, 2022 recording up. For your listening, I would say pleasure, but it really is for your listening value. When you listen to the information being shared here and you take from it something, and we all do, we take something from it every time, apply it to your life, your life will be improved. I guarantee it. Now, One thing that I would like to share with you is something I just heard this past week. And it's like, have you ever received money? Maybe a gift? Could you imagine receiving $100 from a complete stranger, how that would make you feel? It'd make you feel pretty awesome, right? Well, I heard that the same kind of feel-good feelings in our brain are activated when we receive a genuine compliment from a person, a stranger perhaps. Here's what I would like you to consider. Consider taking a moment to pay someone a genuine compliment. It could be somebody who served you in a restaurant. could be somebody who served you in a store. could be anyone. Why not give them the gift of a genuine compliment? Hmm, there's something to consider. All right. Without any further delay, here is the November 5th, 2022 Clubhouse Audio on how to negotiate your way out of self-sabotage. It is me and my incredible moderators. Hello, welcome. We're going to get started in just a few minutes. Nice to see you, Gail and Shavanda, Kate, Trisha. King, welcome. How are you, buddy? Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hey, Candice. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we're going to, I think we're going to have a problem with your microphone there, Candice. Okay, if it's going to be a problem, I'll just drop off. Oh. Just... 
That's actually better. Whatever you just did now. Yeah. I didn't do anything. You know what? I've tried to uninstall it and install it. Robert and I talked about it again. I talked to my tech guy this weekend. Like, I just don't think that there's anything else I can try, unfortunately. Oh. Did you try the uh, club deck on the desktop? You know what? I didn't, Kim. I'm going to be honest. I forgot about that. Okay, no worries. That Well, I mean, when you get a moment, that that might just finally be the thing that uh, sources all out, hopefully. Um, sorry about but, that. Do you want me to just sign off? No, no, no you're, we can we can hear you right now because this right now you actually are a little bit louder than when you first logged in. So I think we should be fine with. Uh... Okay, all right, thank you. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Welcome. Hey, good morning, all. More Paul, King, Candice, uh, everyone else that has joined us this morning. I guess I should say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Yeah, that's the way we do it over here. It is still morning here in the east. Uh, we are Eastern Standard Time, and it's just a couple of minutes before noon here. And uh, I think we're all... Are, Candice, what time is it where you are? At noon as well. I'm in Ottawa. With okay, all right. So Eastern Standard Time here. It is almost noon. We'll get started. So welcome, everybody. I see some familiar faces. Welcome, Murray, Peter, Jacqueline, uh, so many wonderful uh, people here. Gail, Shavana, Kate, Tricia, uh, Eamon, Hector, Arlene, Matt, Lena, Jag, Dahlia, Casey, and uh, Marjorie and Lorna. So really nice to see you all here. We're going to get started in just a moment. And uh, yeah, so what I'll do is we you're in the Take Control of Your Life Club. And we're going to be talking about negotiating our way out of self-sabotage. When you come up to the stage uh, to ask a question or for your share, please keep it to about two or three minutes. And we're going to get more moderators, but moderators will be able to open their mics at any time to pour into you popcorn style. Uh, but for anybody joining us on stage, it's going to be in order. And please be patient because we do our very best to get to everyone. We also have a back channel. You can see that there is a discussion bottom left of your screen. Uh, you can join the chat there. And if you don't want to come up to the stage, but you do have a question, just put it in there. And we have King and other people who look at it regularly. And we can bring it to the floor and speak to it um, once we know what it is. So thank you for that. And we don't dispense uh, medical assistance here or psychological assistance. It's not like we're giving therapy. I just want to make that clear. We do have doctors who join us, but that's not what we do. So if you are struggling with something that is serious, some mental wellness, and you need help, reach out to an expert. There are so many great uh, physicians out there and doctors that can help you. So please do reach out and get the help that you need. Hello, Glenn. Welcome. Love your profile picture. You there, Glenn? All right. We'll get uh, started. Actually, let's get started with uh, with uh, some uh, introductions, and we'll go from King to Candace to Robert to Glenn. Over to you. Oops, sorry. Okay. Um, I was just on a different screen. Um, thank you so much, Paul, uh, and welcome everyone to the Take Control of Your Life Club. My name's King, and I'm a social media and communication strategist, as well as a travel influencer. So I work with uh, small businesses that are looking to uh, 
bring brand awareness uh, or maybe uh, work with their marketing strategies, their social media strategies, help with uh, designing all that and also the execution of everything that they need. So um, it's just fun to uh, be able to work directly with uh, people that are very, very passionate about their businesses, which doesn't always happen in larger corporations. And also traveling is one of my passions. And so it's always nice to be able to see new places and talk about them and just see the beauty, oftentimes through the eyes of the locals, which I really do love to uh, get involved with them as well. So if anyone uh, ever you know wants to have any chats about either travel or anything around communications or social media, uh, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'd be happy to engage in a chat with you about that. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to learning uh, so much from all the incredible moderators that join us that give their inc- their insights about overcoming self-sabotage and just, uh, just being happy uh, in life. So with that, Candice, I'm going to pass the microphone over to you if you're ready. Candice, the stage's yours. Awesome. Thank you, King. And hello, everybody, and welcome. And thank you so much for joining us today. Um, during this time. It's, it's one of my most favorite parts of Saturday to be able to be here with all of you. So my name is Candice Eckstein and I'm a certified personal executive coach and business leadership coach. I uh, worked corporately for about 25 years and then opened up my own practice about five years ago and really have a passion for the people part of any organization. So I typically work with people individually, teams or organizations on helping to reach your potential. It's about navigating through change, which we've all had to deal with um, in different ways over the last number of years, for sure. And um, I come here every Saturday to support and add value where I can, but also to grow and develop my own skills. I get so much out of hearing everybody shares and the amazing um, support that the moderators bring. And I also have definitely had self-sabotaging behaviors in the past, so appreciate um, that's you know part of who we are, and we can learn from each other. And um, you know, one of the things I love to say is life doesn't give giveovers; it's about maximizing the next opportunity. And with that, I'll pass the mic over to my dear friend Robert. Thank you, Candice. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Robert Nadeau. I am Paul's brother. Uh, I have been coming to the room now and, and modding with uh, Paul and, and with these great moderators now for at least the last uh, four or five months now. Um, my background is I am a, a lawyer by training. Uh, I've been a, a business lawyer uh, in Canada, in Ottawa, Canada for the last 37 years. Uh, but uh, my, my, my background, uh, I'm not here principally as a lawyer. Uh, my background is in philosophy. My undergrad was in philosophy and I majored in the history of and science. I've also been a... We're, the, we're losing uh, you, uh, bro. Sorry. We're losing yeah, we're you losing in, the matrix. in the matrix. Oh dear. Okay. Let me try that again. Uh, my background is, is that better, Paul? Yes, it is. Is that better? Yes. Yes, it is. Hello? Can you hear us, bro? Can you hear us, bro? I can hear you okay. now. Yeah, can you yeah hear we me? can hear you now. I don't know what happened there. Okay, my background is in philosophy. I majored in the uh, history of philosophy and science, and I've been a lifelong uh, student of critical thinking. I have a Facebook group on critical thinking, which is titled Critical Thinking, um, Reason and Reality. Um, As Paul said, we're not here to dispense um, uh, medical advice, therapeutic advice, legal advice, any kind of advice. Uh, Paul will be expanding more on that when he gives his introduction. Um, 
what I do when I'm when I'm not here, when I'm not lawyering, is I'm also a mentalist, with an entertainer. It's a form of magic. My tagline is magic for the intelligent mind. And uh, I have performed in Las Vegas, New York, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. And uh, so um, I, I bring I try to bring all of those skills, my experience here. But as Candice said, I'm here as much to learn. And in fact, <laughs> I tend to walk away from each one of these sessions uh, a, a little more humbled, a little more informed, and certainly inspired. And so with that, I will pass it over to Glenn if Glenn is available. Glenn, over to you. Yeah. Hi there. How are you, Robert? And hello, Paul. Uh, boy, you called on me so fast. I just wasn't, I wasn't ready. I had just logged on and I was getting my earbuds in. So I'm squared away now. Good to be here with you guys. I don't normally do an intro, but you know what? I'm going to do one today. Normally, I just start adding something. Um, but today I want to say that uh, I have been blessed to make my full-time living as an actor for now 48 years. I've been an actor for 51, but 48 of it has been um, as my living. And the reason that I belong in an environment like this is that as a professional actor, we are emotional explorers. And we eyeball things like tendencies and patterns. Our job is to observe and replicate. This is what we do. We observe human behavior and we replicate. And it is very difficult, if not impossible, to replicate that which we see without learning something along the way. In fact, learning a lot because we are keen observers, inherently keen observers. That's our nature. It's what we do. It's who we are. So not only in business is it possible to derail our own momentum, but our the characters we often play are people who are flawed, people who have challenges that often we ourselves do not. Sometimes we have similar challenges. Sometimes we have uh, drastically different challenges. Sometimes we're not at all like the people we portray. And so seeing what can befall another and being able to identify it and learn about it and research it is really, really key. And at the end of the day, we wind up becoming so much better off for having learned what is out there and what can happen to a human life, even if it's not currently happening to our own. And I'm glad I took time to go into that, Paul, because I've, I've, as I said, I've never gone into it from that kind of a descriptive place. But um, it's about learning what is available out there, the pitfalls of life that are out there, and learn how to sidestep them, whether we have fallen in them ourselves or not. I think sabotage is, is a fairly common thing to have at least at some point wrestled with. Uh, I think it's very human to run into that. And learning how to not do it is pretty key, and that's why I'm here. I feel blessed to keep the elevated company that resides in this room. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much, Glenn, and well said. Thank you. Over to Dr. Allison. Thanks, Paul. Good morning, everyone. Um, I love what you just shared, Glenn. Um, these patterns are so important. Um, I'm Dr. Allison Oklufi. I'm a clinical psychologist here in Northern California and an educational psychologist. I'm a mind-body uh, stress reduction facilitator and a yoga instructor and a clinical hypnotherapist. 
do it all. <laughs> um, but I love the, the what you mentioned about patterns because we're coming up into the holiday season and it's so easy to fall into historic patterns of behavior around our loved ones. We're coming into an election season here in the United States. And again, patterns of behavior. Um, and so we can easily fall into patterns of self-sabotage and there's never a more important time to negotiate our way out of the self-sabotage. So Paul, your services and King, your services are so well needed at this time of year, especially because so many things are going on in the world, in our lives. And a lot of times, instead of taking that quantum leap and instead of taking the opposite action, we fall into comfort and things that are, are, you know, familiar to us, but that have not served us or the loved ones in our lives very well. So I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for being here. Uh, I dropped into a room this morning with Les Brown and got a chance to chat with him for a few moments. And he said this, he said, uh, you were born to live an extraordinary life. And that's a non-negotiable. And those are the principles that we in this room really believe in. We can't negotiate our um, our way out of certain things unless we put our heart and soul into it. We need to do that. I'm Paul Nadeau, and uh, almost two years ago, I decided to start this room along with King to help people just to deal with something that does affect most of us from time to time and how we choose to respond as opposed to react to life is so very critical uh, a little bit about my background i'm a former hostage negotiator i was also a special victims unit detective and my background was one in which i rose above the abuse uh, that my brother and i and my family um, were subjected to by an alcoholic father who was troubled himself so i learned a lot about life and how to deal with it and how to help others to deal with theirs because for some people it's very difficult for them to deal with life's challenges they don't have that that winner's mentality but we can all get it it's all within each and every one of us the definition of self-sabotage well of sabotage let's take a look at the word sabotage the definition includes to deliberately destroy damage or obstruct something it's a deliberate act we hear it on the news there was sabotage we know something's been damaged destroyed and it was a deliberate act no accident there now self-sabotage refers to behaviors or thought patterns that hold us back and prevent us from living the life that we want to live and that i believe when we self-sabotage ourselves i believe that that's a deliberate act because we have the power of choice choice being that six letter word some examples of self-sabotage and as i go through some of these and i won't take uh, too much time today but as i go through this imagine your own life right now are you in the act in the process of self-sabotaging yourself you are if you are blaming others when things go wrong when things go wrong in your life be it a job be it a relationship if you're quick to point the finger at others without examining your own behavior then you are you're self-sabotaging yourself because you're not doing the work it takes to make sure that that kind of lifestyle doesn't happen again if it's a job that you've lost or that you're not doing well at is if it's a relationship and you're quick to blame others it didn't work out because of him or her my boss was this my boss was that if you don't look at yourself your inner self um, 
Socrates said, an unexamined life is a life not worth living. And I do believe that we have to examine ourselves. Let's not be so quick to point the fingers at others when things go wrong. Uh, not being accountable to yourself and to others. Again, if you are not a person of your word, if you're not even, if you make a promise to yourself and you're not following through, you want to lose that 15 pounds, but you give up every time you, you go out and you try. If you tell somebody that you're going to be somewhere or do something for them and you let them down, that's an act of self-sabotage. Choosing to walk away when things don't go right. Again, very much like pointing the fingers at others. If you walk away without dealing what it is that, that you've just gone through, and you walk away when it goes wrong and turn your back on it, it's going to come back again. That's an act of self-sabotage. Feeling overwhelmed or procrastination can also be acts of self-sabotage. Picking fights with friends or partners because you feel that you're not being seen or heard and you just want that connection, that's an act of self-sabotage. Dating people that you know aren't right for you, going back to the same kind of toxic people, not believing in your value. A lot of people don't look at their lives and decide that they are a person of value. And if you look and examine your life, as I talked about just a moment ago, and you realize that there are certain things that you can do to elevate your status inside your heart and become that person that you want to become, then do the work. It's not enough just to envision it. You must do the work. Who must I become to attract a high value uh, soulmate? Who must I become to get this job? What must I do and then get down and do the work? Because we don't have to stay in the same place. We can move ourselves and we can start to improve ourselves the moment we make a decision to do that. Uh, we are energy and whatever energy we give out to the world is the energy that we're going to attract back. So in this dating world, if you think that you, you tell yourself or you tell others, I always attract a cheater in my life. I always attract a cheater. I know that if I'm going to go out and date, I'm going to attract a cheater. What energy do you think that you're giving out to the world? Well, you are going to attract that cheater because that cheater is on the same level of energy that you are. And that's what you're going to attract. You get what you give out. So that's one. Blaming and shaming ourselves for things that we've done or said in the past that may have hurt somebody. We go back and we keep blaming and shaming ourselves. That is an act of self-sabotage. We re-examine. We re-examine the moment. We revisit it. And we keep blaming and shaming ourselves. If we have learned from that experience and we've moved beyond it and we have made the corrections that we need to make, we've asked for the forgiveness that we should have asked for and then we forgive ourselves. We go back and blame and shame ourselves for something that happened six or 12 months ago after having done the work, then we are doing nothing for propelling ourselves forward. We are locked in something that's not going to serve us. We are not those people that we were six months ago a year ago, five years ago, we've evolved. We are works in progress. And if we learn from our mistakes and we choose not to do them again, then we are better people and not those people that we were when we did that. Another one is putting ourselves down. And it's that little voice in our heads that tell us that we can't do anything right. Why me? Why does this always happen to me? I won't make it. I'm not going to get that job. I'm not going to get, get that date. So why am I even going to try? I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. I'm going to let life go by because I am not worthy of anything. Nobody loves me. I can't do it. 
So I'm going to self-medicate. I'm going to use drugs, alcohol. I'm going to beat myself up is really, you know, you're no good. I'm going to talk to myself the way that I would talk to an enemy. You're, you're a piece of crap. You're this, you're that. And that's my choice. No, it may be your choice, but it's not the right one. Those are indicators of self-sabotage. If you're going through any one of these, and these are just a few, and there are ways to negotiate your way out of that. Number one, become aware of what you are telling yourself, become aware of what it is that you're feeling and then do something about it. Take a look at the words that you're, you're saying and challenge them, change the narrative. So those are just a few of my thoughts and thank you very much for listening. Now I'm gonna turn it over to King for a quick room reset and then we're gonna go to our first speaker, Peter. And uh, thank you, over to you King for a reset, please. Thanks, Paul. Great introduction there. And thank you to everyone who has joined us today in our Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage room. And of course, this room is hosted by the Take Control of Your Life Club. So if you aren't already a member of the club, tap the greenhouse above my head and become a member. And also while you're there, feel free to invite others who you think might be interested in joining the club as well. And that way you'll be notified whenever we do run this and other rooms that happen along the way. And of course, if anyone does want to come up and join the conversation, just raise up your hand as soon as possible and we'll get you up in the queue. And of course, we do try to keep the rooms at about two hours in length. So it happens every week from noon till 2 p.m. Eastern time. And so we will close the hand raising as soon as we feel that we have enough people on stage. So if you do want to come up and speak, get your hands up and get up here into the line sooner rather than later so that you are able to speak. But for anyone that isn't able to join, up, join us here on stage, the room chats are open and will stay open for the entirety of the room. So you can always ask your questions and drop any comments you have in that room as I mean in the room chats as well and of course we do ask that anyone that does want to come up on stage to make sure that you have something written in your bio and ideally a social media account attached as well because we do try to keep the space as safe as we possibly can and so we just want to make sure you're a real person and not someone here to disrupt the room and of course, if you haven't already, it really helps us get the word out there. If you could share the room here, whether here on Clubhouse or on social media, and you can, the, for uh, iPhone users, it's the little square with the arrow uh, pointing up. I'm, I think it should be something similar on Android, but I'm not sure, but it shouldn't be too hard to, uh, to figure that out. And of course, you know, I always remind people, you know, just make sure while you're in the room also to take a look around uh, at the people above you, beside you, below you, and, uh, you know, read their bios. And if you see someone whose story resonates with yours, you know, like reach out to them, connect with them. Of course, you know, all the incredible people here on stage are fantastic uh, people to start uh, checking out as well, just because uh, Clubhouse uses an algorithm that looks at the people you follow, the rooms you go into, the clubs you belong to, and it uses that to suggest things, to, you know, things to you here on the platform. And if you're going to spend time here, you might as well make it the best possible experience you can. And of and you know, I've, I myself have made lot, lots of incredible friends here. And uh, I think everyone should maximize the opportunities to do that because making friends is an incredible thing. And also, don't just follow them here on Clubhouse, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter, whatever, you know, wherever you can find them, because it gives you a chance to get to know them better, see different sides of them, and also gives you a way to uh, 
uh, stay connected uh, just uh, for any reason should there be technical difficulties here on Clubhouse. And so uh, once again, I do remind everyone that if you do want to come up and speak to just raise up your hand and get up on stage uh, sooner rather than later before we cut, uh, cut off the hand raising. But of course, we are here every Saturday from noon Eastern time till 2 p.m. So if you aren't able to speak this weekend, we welcome you back next weekend. And with that, Paul, I'm going to hand the microphone back over to you to get us rolling. So, Paul, if you are ready, the stage is yours. Thank you so much, King. Great reset. And yes, welcome, Peter. Peter, how are you? Good as God, Paul. Hey, well done on your travels, the book. Goodness me, I didn't know Robert was six foot two. He could come to Australia and play Aussie rules. Uh, so Glenn, MW2, excellent. Um, I speak of some disrespect that I've had in my company, and I spoke to you about it about two months ago about Someone that is not across money in our company. Can I speak up? Oh, Paul, I'll ask you. Uh, I work for St. John Ambulance, Victoria. Non-profit, but this guy has no idea. And I just feel disrespected. Two months ago, he put up my budget by 51% and we had a meeting yesterday, a planning meeting, looking forward to 2023 and I spoke about, well, you did this, but bloody hell, when I spoke about, uh, it's kind of not right. My hands were shaking when I spoke about it wasn't right. My voice was shaking. I got emotional. Not right, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, um, this is, is exactly how I felt when I'm speaking to you all tonight. And I haven't been drinking. I had a nap. Because it's 3am in Australia. I went, what am I going to do? What am I going to do to express myself? But I did express myself honestly. So this is where I'm at. I'm at a crossroads. Do I leave? Do I find another job? I don't know, guys. And Glenn, I'm glad to hear <laughs> MW2, goodness me, sensational. I don't care. I don't care. I'll hang out with them, but there's no future. And yep. with that, I'm done. All right, Peter. Uh do you feel that you, there's no future because you're not enjoying your work or is it because of the different personalities? Oh, Paul, this is my passion for St. John Ambulance, Australia, Victoria. 
Mate, you are the cop. I've seen your travels and stuff like that, but not supported. But I don't mind. So I continue in this role, unsupported. I've been there for almost six years. Uh, there's nowhere for me to go. I'm almost oh, like I turn, say happy birthday, 58 on the 13th of November. I do not mind. And you know, you know I'm a veteran as well, mate. All right. So if I if I'm hearing you correctly, Peter, you like your work, but it's the personalities around you that are making it difficult and unpleasant for you to be there. Would that be an accurate assessment of what you're saying? That is that is a solid copy. I go into the new office one day a week. And there's where you're having difficulty, right? Uh, I have not. assessed or I'm like I was a senior guy because six people left during the pandemic and everything but I don't know them like Peter Peter let me ask you this if I were to if I were to ask you to put down what you're struggling with in one sentence uh, can you think for a moment and just come up with one sentence of what you're struggling with right now at work so that my mm. moderators can get a, a, a zero in on how to help because we want yeah. to help you, Peter. So what in one yeah. sentence, can you summarize it? Um, my, I had six colleagues, they left. We've got a new five colleagues and I don't know who they are in my new team. Does that make sense? Somewhat. Um, moderators, anybody want to join in right now and ask questions? Um, okay. Sorry, I'll just ask another quick question, Peter, because um, you had mentioned that you don't know who your new colleagues are. Is this a situation okay. that you just don't, you don't also don't care to get to know who they are, or is it uh, that that it, it, just that you're uncomfortable with the fact that you don't know them yet we just moved like the whole hq building just moved as well uh king and i know you're exquisite i don't know who the fuck i'm working with excuse my language paul uh and paul knows i'm ex-army Dana. okay um so, uh, uh one quick thing i'll just say uh peter i mean i know yeah. a, a lot of people are feeling you know like they don't know their colleagues and especially a lot of people switched around like during the pandemic everyone's working virtually so things are very very different so if it's you know a lot of your you know feelings are around that it's you know you're you're not the only one like everyone's feeling a little bit disconnected mm. and it's hard to get to know people virtually it's much easier to get to know them in person and you do feel much more of a connection especially you just being in the army i mean you're used to working with people in person and uh, getting to know them. And and once again, there's so much from body language, just staring, you know, once again, you, you can see so much about the heart and soul of a a person just, you know, by just looking at them, watching the way they move and the way that you interact with them. So I, you know, I I can totally get why that throws you off. 
I put a put a put a question to the room. I just want to leave. And I shouldn't. Yeah, you know what? Let's go to Robert uh, for a moment, and then we'll get right back to you, Peter. Robert. And, sure. And I just, I just wanted to say, Paul, thanks for your travels, and Robert. I never knew he was so tall. Bring it on. <laughs> tall. <laughs> I don't know how much taller I'm. I am a bit taller than Paul. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, <laughs> Peter. And, and the, yes. Peter. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, Peter. I just want to get out. Yeah. I no, get out. Peter. I give up. Peter. 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 Just give me a second, okay? Just, 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 just hear me out for a second. Um, although, although I don't, although I don't come to this room, typically bringing my legal skills and experience Ooh. with me, I think. <laughs> No, I think I think this may be helpful because one of my areas of practice oh. is is employment law, and uh, almost on a daily basis, I receive calls from people who are having struggles in their employment, uh, or they have been terminated from their employment. They're considering firing. They feel like they're being constructively dismissed. So I might have something to share with you. <clears throat> First of all, I, I think I just I just finished watching Better Call Saul. Yeah, I, uh, Peter, no, I don't know, uh, uh, Paul, I, I, I'm just going to bow off. Obviously, yeah. Peter does not want to hear what I have to say, yeah, so I'm going to bow off. Peter, Peter, can you mute your microphone and let Robert speak, please? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, just just mute your mic and let Robert finish. Thank you. Well, I'm only interested in finishing if Peter wants to hear what I have to say. If he doesn't want to hear what I have to say and people pay $475 an hour for, then uh, that's up to him. So, um, Peter, do you want to hear what I have to say or not? Clear, okay, thank you. Thank you. I get these calls all the time and I hear your struggle. I, you know, uh, I think King really put his finger on it when he talked about how COVID has impacted the entire workforce and not only in my country and our country, but in your country and around the world. We're all having to adjust to new realities, new dynamics in the workplace. One of the things, the best advice I can give you is not to overreact emotionally, okay? We tend to react emotionally to these things and sometimes too much. Now, Candice is the expert in emotional intelligence and so I will ask her if she's got anything to say after I say it. But that's what I have wrestled with is people, they, when they call me, they're so emotional and sometimes they wanna quit, they wanna just leave, they wanna sue everybody, whatever. And I just say, listen, just slow down a bit, just slow down a bit. Uh, recognize that you don't have to react emotionally to something. Give it time. You know, give yourself time. If you have invested so much of your life in this job, in this work, um, uh, why throw it all away because of some kind of an emotional reaction? Um, think it through. Do you really want, do you have somewhere else to go? Because I, I thought I heard you say you loved this job. You loved this work. So why would you throw it all away? My advice to you is, Try to put, keep your emotions in check, think it through, give it a chance, okay? If after two or three months, you're still, you're still feeling the same way, then yes, maybe seeking some career counseling may be a smart move for you. But for now, just try to handle those emotions. And so with that, I'm gonna ask Candice if she has any anything to add because she is in fact the emotional intelligence guru here. Okay, thank you, Robert. And um, I, I know I'm having some mic issues, so I, I hope that- You're coming uh, out loud and clear. 
Am I? Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, you know what, Peter, I would echo on exactly what Robert said, and it really is tough to control our emotions when they're heightened and we feel like our buttons are being pushed. But if you can do that, you'll be able to be in a position to make the most intentional and purposeful decision for yourself. And so one suggestion I would have for you is to try and be objective as possible and not subjective. So really think from a fact-based perspective, what about this job do you love? What about this company do you love? And recognizing that you're having some challenges there and there's some people conflicts, you know, make yourself maybe a list of the pros and the cons and, and, you know, trying to put the emotions aside and then give yourself a timeline. Robert suggested maybe two or three months, pick a timeline that is comfortable for you, that you're willing to work through this and deal with the current situation. And then, you know, when that timeline is up, whether it's a week or a month, then, you know, be in a position to make an informed decision that's hopefully not directed by your emotions and more, you know, directed by facts. So I hope that helps. It must definitely helps, but no like buts. I said. No buts. No buts. When you start using a but, hey, Peter, Peter, when you start using a but, all that helps. I, I'm listening, but I'm not ready to do the work. That doesn't do anything to propel you forward. There are certain things that we can control and certain things that we can't control. You know that, Peter. But, but Paul, the people come to me when I get there and they go, uh, uh, problems, uh, but I hear, I hear you and I take it on. Mate, you've been traveling and the book is good. I'll take it to the people. Uh, you're deflecting, my friend. You're going from your problem to, to something else. But Peter, uh, we're also in support of you. And what Robert and King and Candice has shared with you, those are the ingredients, man. There's certain things that we can control, certain things that we can't control. There's a transition no. phase. And you've got to do some work. Remind yourself how much you love the job and don't take things so personally. I do believe that you are... you're. you're a compassionate individual. I do believe that you've got a great heart, but I think that you take things so personally. You feel like people are assaulting you as opposed to sitting back and taking a few moments just to, you know, to step into your greatness and just say, I got this. I got this. But, but the gang comes into me when I show up in the office. I go there one day a week and they go, ah, help me out. I said, all right, all right. I'm working out, I'm working out, I'm working out. Uh, different story. Mate, let's carry on. Yeah. And I've got... You got it, Peter. Thank you so much. I hope solid, that what we shared with you... Copy, Paul. Yeah, I hope and it gets help. We're going we're gonna to put you back into the audience. But thank you, Peter. Thanks, I, mate. I really appreciate you, and I hope it works out. So Candy please do listen to King it. All right. Okay. Had to move Peter back into the audience, but um, I think it's a really important topic to just examine this too. Uh, because of COVID, a lot of things have changed. And what Robert and King and Candice has said, it, it's very true. We can get so emotionally wrapped up into certain things and be confused uh, about moving forward and how to move forward. 
taking things personally in business and in life, when we take things personally, we open ourselves up to that emotional breakdown. And we can't do that. We just got to be focused and strong. Any one of my moderators want to add anything more to this conversation before we go on to our next speaker? Yeah, this is Ken. Hi, Paul. Hey, Ken. Hey, good to be in your room. Uh, it's a great, uh, great room, great subject. I, I just want to shed a little light on this too. Um, you know, for me about 30 years ago, I walked into the doors of AA. I had to recover because I was self-medicating and, uh, you know, I let, uh, I took everything personal, um, you know, and what I did was, um, you know, I surrounded myself with a bunch of people that uh, that all uh, were victims, just like I was. And uh, we'd sit around and uh, party together and, uh, you know, um, commiserate together and tell all the stories about why our life wasn't going to work and why, why everybody else's, uh, what, why everyone was attacking us and how they are all wrong and on and on. You know that mindset. Well, you know, during COVID, a lot of people self-medicated. A lot of people are using alcohol, they're using drugs to self-medicate. And unfortunately, as uh, anybody that knows addiction, you know, whatever uh, you're trying to hide through the uh, self-medication is hurting you. It's hurting you deeply. And uh, the, uh, uh, as far as emotional intelligence, Usually about the time a person starts to uh, use a uh, medication or alcohol to start to medicate themselves, that's usually about the emotional age that they're stuck in. So if you ever wonder why you're talking to somebody and that's, uh, you know, and they've got an alcohol or a drug problem and you're wondering why, why don't they get it? Well, they're, they're not there emotionally and they can't feel emotionally. So I think there's... Uh, you know, with with what's going on with the world right now, um, it's it's an opportunity really for us to grow. It's an opportunity for us to look at what's uh, look at our results, look at what we want to change in our lives, and when I say results, we look at our our um, our uh, careers. You know, are we getting the right results? How about our how about the the peace that we have in our in ourselves? Are we getting the right results? with our family life, our home life, with our financial life, all areas of our life we're looking at, what are the results we're getting? If we don't like those results, there's something inside of us that needs to probably change, grow, develop, or expand. Uh, it can be any number of those uh, areas, but what, what it takes is stillness. We really need to, you know, I think it was uh, Yogananda said, uh, stillness is the price of greatness. You don't know Yogananda, he was a sage that came over to the United States in uh, 1924 from, from India. And um, hey, he said, stillness is the price of greatness, which I tend to agree with. Leonardo da Vinci years ago said, isolation is the price of greatness. We really need to take time to go within ourselves, get still, isolate ourselves from the world, and ask those deep questions that a lot of times we don't want to ask, like, who am I? You know, what's working in my life? What's not working in my life? What, what are the three steps I can take today to improve my life? And it's, it's just daily. You know, today may suck, right? We all have bad days, but we can, we can start that day over at any point in time and 
if we set our intentions to have a better day tomorrow and we're willing to do some actions around it, it will get better. You know, um, uh, one of the one of the keys that I learned in recovery, which I love this saying, and that is this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Well, it will pass. And, and when we can step back into our power and start to resonate at a higher frequency, a higher level, higher energy, it's just pretty amazing when we are able to let go uh, how life starts to look better and better. So that's my take on it. You know, I love your room, Paul. And uh, thank you for uh, uh, bringing me up here today. And uh, I hope uh, I hope uh, Peter and, and anybody else that's uh, listening that's struggling right now, just just know it's just temporary. It's just temporary. And all struggle is, is a place for us to look at so that we can I said, like I said it before, grow, develop, ex, ex, uh, expand your consciousness, become that beautiful person that you are, take off the, what I call the, the, the rust of the quantum field, because when we can tap into the higher realms of consciousness, everything is possible. I'm Ken and I'm complete. Well, Ken, thank you for sharing that and thank you for being on stage, my friend. I always value what you say. I love the fact that you brought up I, and I was going to do this myself, but I'm glad that you did. This too shall pass. When we take a look at most of the struggles in our lives, we've gone through them and they are no longer there. We've gone through them. That's it. The storm will subside. And again, I, I like to take a look at the things that I can control during those things, uh, whether it is a virus, whether it is an actual storm, whether it is something difficult at work. This too shall pass is what we have to remind ourselves because it's not going to be permanent, but it remains longer if we don't do something about it, if we don't do something within our control. And managing our emotions is so very important. Ken, thank you so much for being on stage here today, and I look forward to speaking with you again. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming up. I'm going to go My over pleasure, to Paul. Thank you for having me and, and uh, really value this room. This is an amazing room. You're doing great work. Thank, Thank you, you, Ken, as are you. Just going to move you back into the audience and get over to Dr. Uh, Laura. Dr. Laura, you're up. Hot bam. This is amazing. Okay. Like 15 seconds. This too, okay, not say this too shall remain the same. This too shall pass. You know, it stucks up. If you do what you did, you're going to get what you did. So I'm just gonna take one down and remove myself from the room because I gotta go. I gotta go too. Because you know what? I honor me and I'm gonna honor this room. So grateful I could be here. Because before I had a commitment and now I'm committed to this room. And you do what you did, you're gonna get what you got. And this too shall remain the same. One thing is, is that change is constant. That's the one thing we can count on. This too shall pass. And so um, I'm gonna take the one down. I have so much more to say, and I'm refraining from doing so because in honor of Paul in this room. Thank you so much for me allowing to be the stage. I hope some offered some, provide some guidance in any way I possibly can in the room chat. Thanks so much for letting me be here because I have a commitment to me. Thank you, Dr. Laura. Always nice to have you here. I appreciate you. Uh, so Candice, I just want to say that your microphone, uh, your sound is excellent. I don't know what you've done, but we've been blessed by um, hearing your voice uh, loud and clear. So thank you. And I see that Dr. Norman has joined us, and I would love to turn the microphone over to Dr. Norman for an introduction. Uh, please, over to you, Dr. Norman, if you're available. 
Yeah, hi, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to say hello. Uh, good to be here again. It's good to see some of uh, the family that I get to see on Saturdays. I'm a clinical psychologist specializing in trauma and bereavement, and uh, I work with people of all ages who have lost loved ones to, uh, to, to protracted illness or sudden death. I teach a class at Columbia University on pastoral counseling to imams, priests, and rabbis, and I, um, I enjoy writing books when I have time between my patients, and I'm happy to be here for as long as I can stay. Thank you, Paul. Hello to everyone. Thank you, Dr. Norman. Sorry I missed you in New York there. Uh, we were only there for a couple of days, but uh, next time I plan on seeing you and the others, uh, so when I go back, which will be hopefully very, very soon, so thank you. All right, so we're going to go over to Taisy. Taisy, welcome. Well, thank you. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Um, I'm in Phoenix right now. Phoenix is a beautiful city. It's just sprawly like L.A., people like L.A. I like Phoenix. Great art museum. So uh, before I left for this trip, I am going to a bar mitzvah, but before I left for the trip, I had a house guest coming in who was going to stay at my house without me there. So two weeks ago, I tore the place apart, turning everything upside down with hopes of getting it out of the house and sorted through and done in one fell. I had two weeks to do it. I thought, this is good, motivating. And I got the house completely discombobulated, everything out of its, uh, out of its stuffed away place. And then I broke my ribs last, you know, a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't move anything. <laughs> so my poor house guest, I had to apologize to her so many times because I, um, because I left such a clutter. I just told her, you know, I made her a nice bed, so she had a place to sleep, and the coffee was accessible, so she had coffee. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, I was thinking about the big, huge mess and her coming. And what it did to me was I forgot about all the work that I have done, that this clutter mess is becoming more and more accessible to getting disposed of, getting given, getting away. And I've done so much good work on it. But the fact that she was coming and that it was still such a mess, it eclipsed my good work for me for a little bit. And then I listened to this unbelievable, marvelous book on the way over here called Whistling Vivaldi. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but it really talks to how stereotypes affect us and what we do. And it's part of a seven-part series of issues of our time. And basically, the title comes from this tall black man who found that if he whistled Vivaldi or something that sounded classical, as he walked by people, that they were less afraid, that it dropped their, their fear factor of him because of the stereotype of him being a, a tall black man. And that started an interest in that and also different, anyway, that started an interest in his research. This guy is splendid in the, in the coherent research he's done and really mapping out how stereotypes for everybody, everybody in society. And they kept doing these different studies. Well, does it work internationally? Is it with Asians? Is it with um, upper class 
African Americans, high performing African Americans? Is it with, you know, comparable groups of um, whoever, but Latino and Black and White and Asian and women and teen and gay and male and uh, it, it's so interesting. But then I started thinking about it. And there's one part of the book that said you look for a, you know, that some students rather than taking on, what it does is it raises the effective filter so these students, when they think they're performing to represent their group, any, any group, and it wasn't just students, it was different projects too. But when it raises that effective filter with a questionnaire that comes ahead of time that just mentions that group that they're in, that they possibly are representing, that they perform at a significantly worse level. Whereas if the, that is not mentioned or ignited, or if, if they're told that the test they're taking is in no way testing how they're doing as a problem solver, let's say in mathematics, that their, their effective filter was not raised and they did just fine on whatever test was being taken. So I started looking at it as, um, you know, we have stereotypes in our family and these were all incidents of wider society. I haven't finished the book yet. And I really recommend it. It's Whistling Vivaldi. But I was thinking family roles and how that plays out when we, when we buy into that our behavior is going to solidify this family role that we played in the image of others. So in my family, I, play, I was the jester and I was the peacemaker and I played being really stupid and flighty and inattentive. So I think I still have to caution against that role that I played. I've worked through so much of it, but like the clutter in my house and me just jettisoning all the good work I've done over the last two years and how far I've come because I cluttered everything up right before somebody came in. I mean, I really cluttered it up. And the poor thing, I just told her, don't trip. But if I really look back on it, and so what another thing the study found was if you are working in a group and have support that you actually do achieve at a higher level. So I shared out with my littlest sister and her boyfriend this morning, and um, he said, just Nike it, which I thought was so funny. Just do it, you know, just get rid of everything. And when he said that, I realized I have done it. I have gotten rid of so much of what I had. And I am making good progress. It's just abundance. But I, I started saying to them, I think there's something wrong with me. I think I have like something, you know, that my brain functions a certain way. And that is in the book. They talk about how they look for an excuse and a way out to not blame themselves. So I caught that one too. Easier said than done, but Paul, I, you know, we got to go through these struggles. I got to stick to it and do the work. And um, I guess what I need today is just a, like encouragement because I, I like what Ken said, three steps to take today and then move, move through it and get it done. So I guess it's that 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. So 
any any encouragement words in, words of encouragement you have for me today would be much appreciated. Oh, you <laughs> bet, you bet, Taisy. Taisy, if we were to take a look at the last year in which you were joining our room, and it's been more than a year, but to see the the transition and the transformation that you've gone through, you're so much stronger than you were. And when I hear your voice, you've been through a lot. You, you've been through a lot in this last year and you still come up and you still encourage people and, and uh, it's in your voice. There's a strength in your voice that I did not hear. And I'm sure that some of my moderators here probably didn't hear it months ago either, but we hear it now. Um, any one of my moderators want to unmute and just uh, encourage Tay-Z through this time, uh, you're welcome to do so. I know that Tay-Z, you are on a journey. You're picking up books, you're reading books, you're exercising, you're doing the exercises that the book asks you to do and you're taking it all in. And despite the challenges that you have, you still bounce right back. Those, those actions are actions of a winner. And I do believe that you've got that growth mindset now, whereas before I think that you had a fixed mindset. And some of the things that have happened to us, you know, some of our greatest transgressions or whatever can become our greatest transformations. And your life has taken on a whole new breath. And I love to hear the strengths in you. And King, I'm going to pass it over to you. For sure. Thanks, Paul. I just wanted to very quickly say, just to emphasize what Paul said, Casey, I mean, just the sound of your voice is so different compared to when you first started speaking to us till now. There's definitely so much more happiness. You sound, uh, yeah, a lot happier. You sound a lot more confident. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's night and day difference. And I think the biggest difference is I feel that when you first, uh, so when we first met you, you were just kind of reacting to things that are happening in the world. Whereas now you're so much more proactive, as Paul said, you're, you're reading books, you're, you're analyzing situations, you're, you know, you're, you're learning, you're, so much and before i don't think you gave you know just because so much was going on you just you're just trying to process you're just trying to react to what was going on in the world and i think now just being able to more proactively do things and not just be in a reactive state so you're not just sort of in a, a state where you're just kind of fighting for your life in a way now you're actually able to handle things so much better and you know so your anxiety levels are down everything and and you can see uh, you know, a path where you have control of your life, <laughs> kind of like Paul's book, Take Control of Your Life. It's a path where you do have more control of your life. And it's always nice to feel that you have control instead of being uh, feel, feeling like you're spinning out of control. And so I just want to add that uh, quickly there because it's just it, it for me, it's just it was super, no, super noticeable. So I just want to add that. Um, so that's it. Well, I just want to pour into Taisy. I want to fangirl a little. Um the fact that you are so brave and so vulnerable every week with everything you're going through and you put it all out there. And what's so interesting is your metacognitive processes. You know, you think about the way you think about things. And for so many people, hearing you parse out what's going on in your life and break it down and, and really pinpoint what could be the underlying rationale and issues behind the the thoughts the feelings the behaviors is so helpful because we sometimes we read books and it gets us from a to z but we don't get the the processing as much and having you share that 
is just so brave and I just admire you so much. And if anyone doesn't follow Taisy on Instagram, she has some amazing photographs. She's a great photographer. So I highly recommend that you go to her profile page and check out her Instagram. Thanks. Thank you. And oh, sorry, those are the best. Oh, sorry. No, no Taisy, there's a quick question in terms of if you could re uh, repeat the name of the book that you had oh, mentioned. Oh, yeah. And it is amazing. It's Whistling the Baldy. And it comes from him discovering that the author discovering that when he whistled something that sounded classical, the fear in the people approaching him on the street would diminish noticeably. So Whistling Vivaldi, and it's by, oh, oh God, I have to stand up, hold on. Ouch, it's my rib still. Just a second, I'm walking across the room. It's by Claude M. Steele, S-T-E-E-L. And thank you all so much. I mean, thank you. So now I, get, I feel like a powerhouse again. You are a powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> you right. are a powerhouse, Casey, and Thanks. never forget that. Dr. Oh. Norman. Yeah, Tacey, I wanted to join in and just let you know, since you were asking for um, some inspiration, that when you describe how you emptied out your closets in an effort to make the place organized, but your friend had to stay in more of a disorganized place, I don't think that's a mistake. And I don't want you to see that as a failure. If oh, anything, okay. I think you're actually healthy enough to say, I need help. And you were showing your friend that you're in the middle of transition, but you haven't gotten fully there. And in your actions, you appealed to her for support. And in whatever way I hope she was able to give it to you, you felt better. Oh, I think that's really spot on. Yeah. And, and I think I do need just muscles at this point to move some stuff out. So I will get help. You you, you may need exactly you may need you may need muscles, but you also want to perfect the art of using your voice and not your actions. Because if you can use your voice, you can say, I need muscles, as opposed to placing things in the middle of the room that would imply you need muscles. When we speak out, we don't that's act good. out. And when we speak out, we get what we need. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think that's the new the new uh Peace. Okay, onward and upward. Thank you, thank you, everyone. And enjoy mm, this bet. beautiful day. Thank you, Taisy, and thank you for being here. Um, we so appreciate you. Just going to move you back. You know, Taisy kind of reminds me a little bit of Rocky uh, because you know how many times I have referred to that one speech that Rocky gives to his son where he says, The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows, it's a very mean and nasty place. I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you down to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you're hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, go out and get what you're worth. But you've got to be willing to take the hits and not point fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him, her, or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. What reminds me of what Tazy was saying is that, yes, life is going to hit you, and it's going to bring you down to your knees more than once because we've all suffered those things, and then we feel that we can't get beyond them. 
But those who stand up and face them and move beyond them, despite the fact that they want to keep us down on the mat, when we move beyond them, we get stronger and stronger. And Taisy is an example of that to me. I know that she has been knocked down several times, but she keeps coming back up. And she doesn't let those circumstances destroy you know, her spirit. And if we can have that winning spirit and say, all right, life is going to happen. Smack me in the face, bring me down to my knees, but I ain't staying down. I'm getting back up and I'm going to work through this. It's going to take some work and it may take me reaching out to someone for support. May, it may require me to get some, uh, some therapy, some counseling, a coach, whatever it is, but I'm going to do it because I value myself enough. This life was meant to be lived in a great way. You were born to live an extraordinary life, and that's non-negotiable. We negotiate with ourselves when things get tough and we say, I am not my circumstances, and I am in control of the things that I'm in control of. So thank you, Taisy. That was absolutely beautiful. Uh, Robert, uh, are you there? Flash your mic if you are. Would you be able to reset the room for us, Robert? You did such a great job last time. Sure, bro. Okay. So listen, welcome everyone to the Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage room. Uh, we meet here every Saturday at uh, 12 uh, noon, um, either Daylight Savings Time or Eastern Standard Time, depending on, on where you're at. <laughs> We're on the cusp now of making that change. Um, it's... Um, the room, this room here is is a, really, it's a safe space. It's a safe space for people who are who want to, struggling with questions that are, deal, that are affecting them emotionally, occupationally, that um, they need some assistance in breaking through, um, where they basically have fallen victim to these self-sabotaging voices in their heads that tell them they're not good enough or they can't get through. We have here a team of very capable and professional uh, mentors, um, moderators, who um, some of them who are actually clinical psychologists and doctors who can feed in, but this is not where you come for therapy. This is where you come to speak, to be heard. And so much of what we achieve can be achieved just by knowing someone is listening and not just listening, but really hearing what we're saying. Um, so uh, if you do want to come forward, you lift your hand. There's a little icon there that, that shows your hand, you lift it up and uh, uh, King will put you in the queue. And then when it comes time to, um, to ask your question, uh, Paul or King will bring you up to the stage. Um, and so with that, uh, I think Paul, I might've missed a thing or two, but uh, back to you. No, Robert, that was amazing. Thank you so much for that share and uh, for resetting the room. That was beautiful. All right, so uh, let's go over to Marae. Marae, welcome. Well, good morning, everybody. Wow, uh, I am, I am that I am. Yep, thank you, Neville Goddard, for that. I've been saying that for quite a while. It's, and I have so many I ams, and I've been just saying them and saying them, and, and I am going through uh, 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 an emotional, personal transition, and I am excited, very excited about it. I've been quiet lately, a lot into myself, and what have I been doing? Yes, I've been studying more, what two of my idols, which are Neville Goddard and Wayne Dyer, I've uh, been studying more, have 
more affirmations, more meditations. And you just spoke about uh, with Rocky, Paul, I Ain't Down Yet. And it it just, I flashed on one of my favorite musicals because I'm a a musical uh, performer also uh, with my singing. Uh, That's the unsinkable unsinkable Molly Brown and, and she she goes into this song you know I ain't done yet you know and, and I've always that has always resonated with me and I, I know Glenn can can relate being an actor sometimes you know we get down we do we do we do we get down but what do we do we become plumbers no what we do is we okay we get back up, we do it again, and we do it again. And each time is, is a learning experience. And I love, I love what Glenn shared uh, about when you get a role and what you learn from that role, you learn about yourself and you look at humanity through that role. And actors, actors, a good actor, which I am, they know about this. And and it's wonderful, and I I'm I'm just uh, I, I'm so gra- I am so grateful to share, and I'm bringing uh, I have to leave here at eleven o'clock today because for my theater company, and I'm bringing one of my gifts, which is I made twenty eight bags of cranberry sauce, and if any of you are silly enough to go on my IG page, you'll see me you'll see the two pots, you'll see me uh, cooking, and I I'm just so I am so grateful so grateful to be able to to share and 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 i'm i'm so grateful to be here every saturday very few saturdays i'm not here and if i'm not it's because uh i'm filming when i haven't been filming lately on a saturday so i'm just grateful to be here and grateful to everybody and and grateful for the shares and grateful that dr norman was here today. I kept looking for him, and and there he is. He popped up. I'm, you know what? I just, I am that I am, and I'm closing for now. And I'm going to listen to everybody as I start getting ready. And I am blessing every single one of you for showing up and learning and growing because I know that I am. And thank you. Ah, oh, thank you so much, Murray. You're always encouraging and great, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you reminded us that, that songs and music and, and stories can, can make a really big difference, uh, even the one that I shared. So thank you so much, Marie, and good luck with everything. Does anyone want to add anything to that? Yes, Doctor. Hi, Murray. It's Allison. I loved your cranberry um post on Instagram. I just, I watched it like three times because I just couldn't believe what you were doing. And I was trying to figure out how many pots were on the stove. So (laughs) I'm so happy you shared that. Thank you so much. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Mireille, just going to move you back into the audience. Thank you so very, very much. And uh, we have Jeremy, who's just joined us. Jeremy, um, are you in a position to give a brief introduction? Ooh, yes, the quick hot seat. I love it. Um, What's up, everybody? Happy Saturday to you, wherever you are. Um, I'm a professional athlete. I've been doing this now for eight years, played college baseball, and have been in eight different countries at this point. But I get to be home with... uh, family for a little bit that's my little 
two and a half year old nephew, the little niece is here too, and they're sick. But uh, I just always get excited to be in here and uh, do what I can to help people out with the crazy fun life that God has put me through, uh, especially over these last eight years. You know, there's there's no, there's only so much that I learned when I was in a small town, and I think the biggest thing that I learned was the Instagram post that I've seen over and over again, where it's the guy from Top Gun. And they say, what's the biggest lie you were ever told? And he looks at her and he says, it's not that simple. And she goes, well, it's not that simple. And he goes, no, that's the biggest lie I was ever told. And I think it's the truth about pretty much everything. So I get excited just to help people out. And I'm just going to leave it there for now. But it's great to be here with you, Paul, and with everyone else. Thank you, Jeremy. Great to have you join us. And yes, uh, if you've just joined the conversation, we've been talking about a lot of different things. And it's just been a great morning so or afternoon or evening for whoever so we're going to go over to dr amy and uh welcome thank you paul hi everyone it's been lovely listening to everyone um so i am feeling a bit uh stuck a little frustrated um and i can talk myself out of it and i have lately but it comes back um so i wanted to kind of get your perspective um the collective wisdom here. Um, so the long and short of it is, um, I've uh, you know kind of made a, a mid-transition uh, career move, um, moved to, to a different city about five, actually seven years ago, and um, and I love my job, love my career, love all the the different um, you know different things that I have been able to do. But the social front has been really challenging. Uh, moving as an adult with a uh, with the career being out of state in a different city and uh, my life is here um, and i have a lot of, of fun things to do but my question my frustration has been in finding like-minded friends to do it with and um uh what i love about myself is that i'm very adventurous fun loving and open-minded so i do meet a lot of variety of people but the downside is that I have, um, uh, you know, after a little while, I've, I discovered that it's not the, um, like, the, the more I've known myself, the more I realize uh, what feeds my soul is um, sort of um, uh, growth-minded people who are also sort of, um, you know, uh, curious and passionate about life. They don't want to just hang out and, you know, go to restaurants and have drinks um, or just kind of have superficial conversations, but they're really up to something in their lives. And, um, and that's been challenging to find. And I've been very, um, like I said, open-minded and I've tried many different avenues, uh, but including the things that I love to do. And it's just like hard to find those kind of um, deeper friendships. So, um, the learned helplessness is starting to come up out of all of this because the more efforts I've made and the more I um, can't seem to find those connections, um, I have started to like, you know, kind of question my city if this is the right place or question myself. And um, the emotional intelligent part of me says, well, this is just a, a, a transition, write it out, stay open to what the universe is bringing, you know, new era in my life. But there is the ego part that wants this handled quickly and get over this, you know, because it is stealing my energy, getting me a um, little bit caught up in this um, sort of drama instead of doing what I love, what I'm really good at, which is really big, 
interesting projects that involve like people from around the world. So, um, so I'm, I've lost that global focus a bit as I'm kind of uh, muscling with this local thing. Uh, so, yeah. So any <laughs> that's that's it. I mean, so if you identify the question in this, and you can um, um, help me kind of find my um, my my uh, light back, uh, that would be uh, that would be good. We yeah. have, we have, <laughs> and boy, do we have a roundup for you. I'm going to first start out by uh, turning the microphone over to my brother, Robert, because I think that he can really help you out with this. And then we're going to go over to King, and then we're going to go over to Jeremy. So over to you, Robert. Thank you, Paul. I, I think you're, you're referring to the meetup uh, groups, are you? I, I am, because I, I do yeah. believe that there is an answer in that uh, when you're looking. No, I've done, I've done a lot of that. I'm like a meetup expert now at this point. I have been to all kinds of different ones. That's why I feel frustrated, because I really feel like I've uh, done. And what has been luck, uh, like working in other cities, that's how I made friends is not working in this one. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I live in Philadelphia and uh, I don't want to make a whole city wrong, but, but it feels like where are, where are my people? Yeah, let, let me tell you, let me share what I've done. I think why Paul asked me to, uh, to kind of weigh in a little bit here. Um, my, uh, you likely missed my, my introduction, but my, my undergrad, even though I'm a lawyer by day, my undergrad is in philosophy and the history of philosophy and science. And, um, I, uh, I was, years ago, I was looking, like 12, 13 years ago, I was looking for a book club that was interested in reading the classics. And I stumbled across Meetup, and I was looking around for the right group to join that would enjoy the, the kind of reading they like to do, going way back to the ancient Greeks and, and all the way through the history of philosophy and science. I couldn't find one, so I started a group. I started a book club. I gave it a, a really catchy title that was quite pertinent to, to what I was looking for. Within about probably less than a year, that club had grown to over 120 members in this book club on, 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 uh, on Meetup. And these were from all over the world. So I don't know whether that would be a help to you, but sometimes when you start your own thing, and others are also thinking the same you are, is I can't find where I fit. That may be of use. Anyhow, that's my share. And um, uh, I will, uh, I guess, turn it over to, uh, back to you, doctor, or over to King. Over to King first, and then uh, we're gonna go over to Jeremy. Um, thanks. Yeah, um, where I, because I've relocated a lot, I've had to start from scratch in terms of building social circles. And it sounds like you've had to do that a few times too, and just the strategies that you're using um, aren't as effective as they were in other places. So I'm just curious whether the, sometimes, I mean, maybe uh, the play, like you're saying you're attending events, is it things that are interest oriented or are they more just, um, is there something else about them that attract you to these events that you think perhaps there might be like-minded people? Yeah, they, they are interest oriented. They are also like um, so some of them are international events. So that where I would meet more uh, global minded people. There's some of them are spiritual, like, you know, meditation, that sort of thing. I did start to Robert's point. I started my own poetry group on Facebook that grew to 600 people, heart centered poetry uh, that that's good. But then um, they, it doesn't build the kind of closeness that I'm looking for it it still stays you know like um, people come to the thing and leave so 
Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no problem. Uh, I, I, I get it. And I mean, definitely I would, you know, what uh, on the online groups are good. What I might uh, sort of help with a little bit of that is that when you, if you do start an online group or if you, uh, if you even want to refine that group, add a location, say poetry for people in Philadelphia, like be very specific about that group because then you'll actually get people that are local to the area joining and then perhaps you guys can actually meet off platform. You guys can get together for that poetry discussion instead of doing it online. So add that point because otherwise you're going to end up attracting people from all over the world. And that doesn't necessarily help you if you want to meet people in person and so refine it down so it's something local or even in your neighborhood i mean if you happen to live in a neighborhood where you think there's a lot of people that would be like-minded that live around because if they live near you it's more likely they'll they'll get together for something that isn't as formal you could just say hey let's go grab a coffee somewhere and discuss you know this book or this you know piece of poetry or whatever so the closer you can bring them to to you the more likely they'll be able to meet up and of course the other thing too is you know, as you've already seen, like different uh, groups that meet up, but I would try if you haven't, like meetup groups sometimes t tend to be a little bit transient uh, in terms of, you know, you don't get the same people showing up all, all the time. If you could find a group that is obviously in the foremost, it has to be something you're interested in. You have to be passionate and interested about what the topic is, so make sure of that. But if it could be a more regular, more established group, like, you know, sometimes you have them in museums or art galleries or something, somewhere where the groups tend to be more regular, then these people is more likely you'll be able to build a better relationship with them because you'll see them more often at the events. And that obviously will lead to helping you get, you know, get, get to know them and figure out exactly who it is you might vibe with. And also the other thing to keep in mind with don't uh, forget the power of randomness as well, because just because you're not at a formal event, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, this is an opportunity to make a new friend. You could be anywhere grocery shopping. You could be just standing in line. You could at the bookstore standing in line. Don't be afraid to, you know, just start chatting with someone as well that just happens to be around you because, you know, that and, and with that not being in a formal environment, sometimes it helps with the interactions as well. So, you know, it just reminds yourself that every opportunity is an opportunity for you to, you know, make uh, a new friend. But also don't push yourself too hard. It sounds like right now you're giving yourself a, a lot of pressure that, oh my God, how how do I meet people? And and, and that just, that's just going to take some of the fun out of it. So, you know, go in there with the idea that, hey, you know, like, you know, it's just nice to have a conversation with someone and you'll know pretty quickly what, once again, whether or not this person is going to resonate with you. And the good thing is you're looking for people that are open-minded and worldly and those people are everywhere. That's the beautiful thing about them. They are absolutely everywhere and there's lots and lots of them and they usually stand out you know you can usually sense who they are and so i would just say just you know once again um if you're doing online things find things that are local make sure that the you know that there there's uh that it's just localized in your geographic area so you're not wasting time um and you know or, or even i mean if you you can go on linkedin and uh, if there's people that you know once again if you're also looking for people in your profession do a search on LinkedIn, find out, the, you know, the professionals around you that, you know, look like they might share similar interests or that they might be in industries that you're interested in, whichever. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out on a DM. I mean, the worst case that can happen is that they're just not going to respond to you. But some people might. You never know. It's it's interesting uh, that way. And, of course, if you are doing it in person, like I, I said, try, try to find groups that are a little bit more established where the people that attend, uh, attend uh, you know, on a more regular, uh, or, uh, where that attendance is more 
more regular and so that you don't just have a whole bunch of strangers every single time showing up to the event that don't have a connection with each other because the beautiful thing with that is that if you hit it off with one person there they're likely to introduce you to everyone there and chances are they know everyone else and so it'll just make it so much easier to walk out of an event with a large group of people that you know could potentially be you know great friends down the road so that's just my two cents and uh, Jeremy if I think you were next if you are ready to speak Jeremy I'm gonna hand the microphone over to you so Jeremy the stage yours yeah just really briefly um Dr is it Amin or Amy Amin. yeah you said it. um you've I, I feel like you've really tried a lot of different things can you tell me what the strategies you were using in the other cities just briefly uh, well, I lived in New York, which uh, I didn't even have to try. Everybody was global. Everybody was cool and fun. And um, I don't know, I was also younger. So I was meeting, um, you know, people uh, from all walks of life. Um, but I, yeah, I used to go, I can't remember, like swing and tango dancing or um, happy hours or like, you know, I was in a PhD program. So they were they were having events there, book readings and stuff like that. Um uh, so, yeah, and then uh, I lived in other cities, uh, Montreal, for example, uh, that was more sort of outdoors based things, uh, walks and photography things. So um, it was it was just easy. I, I don't know if it's like I'm kind of feeling a little bit like I it's like an age thing or I've lost the touch or I don't know. <laughs> No, okay. Thank you for expanding on that a little bit, because I think what I'm seeing is you're you're right as far as I think when you look when you talk about learned helplessness and your own emotional intelligence, I think at this point is potentially getting in your way. Um, you know, I think there's there's an old video of Tony Robbins and he's talking about when you can't find the salt and your your wife sends you in to find the salt and he's like the salt's not here and it's like the salt the salt I can't find the salt where's the dang salt the salt's not in here. And then she walks in, you mean this? And like pulls it right in front of his face and hands it to him. And I think it's funny that my intro today was talking about the fact that it's not that simple. And the thing that you said out loud, I always like to use people's words back to them as you said, moving as an adult. Um, what changes? You know, it, it's something changes in, in your mind, but it probably doesn't change in someone else's. And there's this, um, I don't know if it's ageism, but it's, it's just an ability for us as we get older to like be like, oh, things are going to change. Who told you that? Who taught you that? Literally, the things that we accept as face value are so ridiculous because somebody else like said it enough and they repeated it enough, even including like health. I'll just wait till you're 40. Tell me how you feel. I'll stop my best friends and they're like, oh, welcome to the 30s. I'm like, ah, mm -mm, mm -mm. And, I, and I told him he's on a five minute timeout from me. So just be careful with the things that you believe the, the, the little, uh, that's what I look for. I look for opinions that people say out loud because that's the most important thing because that's what's showing up in conversations, whether you know it or not. And this is for everyone in the room. When you're looking for a relationship or you're looking for deep friendships and you're not finding them, your beliefs are literally what's stopping you because you're saying that stuff in the relationship or in those things, you will be talking to somebody expecting them to show up and just leave. And so it's like this, that part has to go first. And there's, there might've been something that happened, you know, even along the way where it might have been easy in these other cities, but it also might have been convenient. So you might've been a friend of convenience and these people might've been a friend of convenience. Oh, we went to the same places. We did the same things. They sent X me in class and we happen to have the same interests. That's really cool. Having the depth with someone is a choice. 
it's a choice and it's with effort and energy and it's us putting ourselves out there and putting ourselves first and like it's being leaders in the friendship just like as we can be leaders in the workplace just as we can be leaders other places so i think this is more of um you're such an intelligent person and you've built up these processes and these abilities and these ideas in your head that are great for your work and great for other things but i think there's a depth thing that can really help you and so if you want to you and i can talk offline if you'd like because i really think that um i can help you out with this number one but number two like i just think that that's the thing for everyone in the room is that our own beliefs show up in our conversations at all times whether we believe it or not so i'll, I'll stop it there paul doctor did you did you want to add anything to that doctor oh um no, there, there are, um, uh, and, and yeah, you can call me Ami. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of interesting points made here. I can definitely look into, um, you know, challenging my beliefs there um, and also kind of coming at it from a, a fresh perspective, not um, uh, like, uh, I think uh, if we depersonalize things, it's a lot easier. If, if, I were give, if I were to give this advice to someone else, I'd be like, yeah, just do it. It's so easy. But when uh, when it comes to myself, I have, uh, you know, kind of put put some roadblocks in from uh, just feeling a bit, I guess, sorry for myself. <laughs> uh, so I can try to um, challenge those things and not settle for um, uh, for how things don't work out. Or if someone doesn't reply back or, you know, you asked for depth and the intention is not mutual doesn't mean I can stop making my you know asks just keep moving forward so i could try that i think if i didn't personalize it it wouldn't um it wouldn't hold me back let me say this 15 seconds too i'm not saying anything's easy i'm saying it's it's <laughs> simple but i'm not i'm not saying anything's easy because everyone else has their own lives too you know there, there's other people moving through their families and they have especially when you're new to newer to a city they already have their circle of friends they already have their circle of influence they already have that stuff does exist. I've been to eight different countries to this point. I get it. Like, and I've had to learn the language while trying to step into the new, the new situation. Like I'm not, I'm not saying anything's easy, but I am saying that your opinions will show up in those things. And I think that's why your intelligence of the learned helplessness and stuff like that, there's a part of that. I think you're right. I think, I think you're right. And it's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong about that. And I think there's the man, is this really going to work out? Or is this like, that's the part that I think that the two of us can uh, can work on together and and come up with a different idea and I, and then and then go from there. So, anyways, I'm done. Okay. For sure. I just want to add quickly and just emphasize what Jeremy said about the fact that there, you know, people oftentimes are already established in the friendships and relationships they have. So they're not really looking to make new friends um, as readily. It's not that they're avoiding it, but there are definitely cities where they, you know, people are a little bit more resistant uh, or just they, they just don't care. And also, as Jeremy mentioned, people have so much going on in their lives. It's, and, and, you know, it's rarely you. It's usually just that, you know, they've got all kinds of stuff going on in their world. And so where I realized for myself, too, when I moved to new cities, oftentimes the first few contacts I make are people that are kind of newish like me and so they are people that they know what it was like and also they themselves want to expand their network and it's always easier to do you know to to get to know people and to 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 go on any kind of project or any kind of adventure like this with another friend so i'm not sure if that's another thing where if there are opportunities for you to perhaps meet people that are new to the city like you know, and then you guys can kind of 
go on this and build that uh, adventure together. And that way you don't feel as alone. Because right now, I mean, it's horrible when you're in a new place and when you're feeling alone. I mean, no matter, actually, even if you're in your own city, when you feel alone, it's hard because it's hard to fight the world by yourself. And, if, and uh, you know, sometimes you start feeling like it's never going to happen. You need that encouragement and it does help. So, you know, it's, that's maybe something if you aren't already looking out for those kinds of groups or those kinds of opportunities to meet other people who are new to the city as well. And that way, you know, you guys can be uh, partners in crime and uh, tackle this together because it's always easier to do things with friends. So that's my thought. I will uh, hand that back hand the microphone over to um dr Amy, if you want to add or paul or i think i think doug wants to add something doug yeah like i just great to see everybody by the way percy lovely to hear everybody's voices and see everybody as well uh i picked up a little bit on terms i I'm, i really apologize dr Amy. i didn't actually hear i just heard all the replies so i picked up on what's been said so if i come from a slightly different angle apologies but I, I've lived in five different countries in, in lots of different places and moved to places where I didn't know anybody whatsoever. And it is hard sometimes to make friends. And one of the things that I found was most useful for me is to join some kind of club. So, for example, over here in Ireland, there's the president of the JCI, which is the Junior Chamber of Commerce, which is which is actually started up by Robert. K uh, sorry, not Robert Kennedy. JFK started up back in the 60s. And it's like the Chamber of Commerce, but for people underneath the age of 40. A great place to meet some great people. And that might be one area. The other area that is the intonations. And the intonations is a superb thing. It's basically expats all over the world. Uh, it's Yeah, actually, I am a member. That's what I was talking about earlier, about international organization. I, I've done a lot of intonations events. I even organize them myself. But yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, I'm I'm actually speaking at one in, in a couple yeah. of weeks' time. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's a great organization as well. But I think one of the things that we, um, just in terms of making friends, and I, I've been in sales in my life as well, so uh, working as a C-level exec in some of the biggest organizations, and what I realize is quite often, when you have someone who's as talented as you sound and has great energy, lots of experience, almost like you get with this enthusiasm to go into this new place and you want to tell everybody, you know, I've done this and I've done that and all that kind of stuff. And actually, when people are settled in their groups, in their teams or in their environments, whatever it is, they don't really care about you, to be honest. But when you show true interest in them and ask them questions about them and don't really speak anything about yourself and constantly do that to really engage an interest in them, it's amazing how suddenly they spark up and go, oh, who's this new person who's interested in me? And I found that very effective way of just sometimes I've gone into meetings. I remember actually just even in business, I went in to see the CIO, the chief investment officer of, of uh, Merrill Lynch many years ago, and he used to work with my old boss. And I went in and for an hour and a half of the conversation while we did it, I think I spoke for five minutes max. And he was talking a lot of you know, garble that I didn't even understand in terms he was trying to bewilder me with all these different types of jargon. And at the time, I just kind of really answered, you know, listened to him, asked him questions back, showed interest and everything like that. And afterwards, he rang my boss and he said to my boss, who was the CEO of the business, he said, my God, I've never met somebody such a good salesman. He's amazing. He's so talented. He's so intelligent. He's so amazing. I really like him. And we actually became very good friends, this, this individual and I. And I literally, for that hour and a half, spoke for five minutes max. 
And that's why if we can really engage, remember we've got two ears and one mouth and use them in that proportion and really ask the questions without telling them any of our stories, even if we're really interesting people, then suddenly they want to find out a little bit more about you and they're interested in you as well. And one thing I'll just say, and I don't know anything about you, so apologies if this is completely wrong. One of my favorite people in the world in terms of authors is Dr. Wayne Dyer. He's dead now, but he was an amazing guy, wrote some great books. One of them sold over 50 million. And in one of his books, he said that he was in Hawaii and someone came up to him and said, oh, Wayne, 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 I'm such a big fan of yours. I've just moved here from New York. What's Hawaii like? And he said, well, where are you from? She said, uh, well, New York. He said, well, what are the people like there? She said, oh, they're so busy. They don't really have time for me. You know, they, they weren't very friendly, actually. And he said, yeah, they're a bit like that here as well. And she went, oh, and she walked away. And he said a few days later, he had a different lady come up and she she was from Los Angeles and she said exactly the same thing. She said, Wayne, I'm a massive fan. I've seen you speak. What are the people like here in Hawaii? I've just moved here. And he said, well, where are you from? She said, I'm from Los Angeles. And he said, well, what are the people like there? And he, he, she said, oh, they're friendly. They're beautiful. They're kind. They're loving and everything. He said, they're exactly like that here as well. And the moral of the story is that whatever you put out, whatever intention you accept, expect and the expectation that you put out is what you receive in terms of your field and energy as well. So if you really go out there and really expect and have the intention of sending out love, you might just receive it back as well. I'll leave it there. Thank you all. Did that help? Uh, yes, yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll uh, test out some of these things and, uh, and just, uh, yeah, just appreciate my city and the and the people, uh, sometimes we get in our head and get worked up about things. So sometimes it's just good to relax and let it all kind of work itself out uh, with the uh, ideas that come up. For sure. One quick thing I will add, just because you had mentioned your intronations, and that's definitely a great app and platform to use to meet other expats and just other new people to the city, is I believe there's something that Every city or area has like an ambassador or someone. I can't yeah, yeah I, so, I one for a little while. Um, it, I, you know, I will say that <laughs> some aspects are true of the city. It's just the the action is just not here as it is. Like I interact more with people in uh, the global group. I've led events and all kinds of things, but it's not it's not taking right. off here. You know, and it's not just me saying that. For so sure. there is something here. Yeah, but yeah, it probably. I mean, once again, people are just you know everyone's different in every single place. And I mean, um, the one thing I was just going to suggest was I don't know if you've reached out to the consul or whoever it is in the Philadelphia area or whichever, because obviously they're more established than they're they are there. But reach out and even offer to help. Um, you know, organize like they they organize events. They need help, so I don't know if they you know reach out to them and see whether or not they need a hand in organizing an upcoming event because that automatically you know helps you to uh, be able to you know maybe make a little connection with them to see whether or not anything there. But also, it'll you know it'll make sure. I mean, it'll give you a way of connecting with people that come to the event um, from the perspective of an organizer, and that might sort of help with some of that. Uh, you know, sort of building some of those connections as well too. But anyways, just I was you know just maybe Maybe a little sort of a, 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 a thing that uh, just helps, you know, kind of get the foot in the door there because it does sound like it's a little bit tricky and, every, you know, every city is a little bit different. And definitely, I mean, New York City is, you know, very unique in its way because people there are so talkative and so sort of just open and friendly. And so, uh, but definitely good luck. I'm sure you're going to be able to do it. You just, you know. It, it's just a matter of figuring out uh, the exactly the sweet spot, but that first one's always the hardest. And once you get over that, I'm sure it'll just steamroll and uh, you'll build that network just as you always have everywhere else. Um, so that's it.
Thank you so much for the encouragement and all these wonderful tips. I will, uh, you can take me off the stage now. Thank you, really appreciate it. Before I take you off the stage, there's just one thing that I'd like to add, one or two things. Uh, number one, it's, it's your language, uh, your choice of words, um, Amy, that I want you to, to really focus on. I heard you say, I can try to challenge these things or other things. You use the word try and there's no commitment in that. When we get rid of I can try and replace it with I can challenge or I will challenge, uh, those are big things. Is that what we tell ourselves, even if it's, oh, I can try to do that, there's a part of us that will likely fight that try because we're not committed to it. The words that we use are so powerful. The I am statements, I will, I am, all these things, Amy, they will help. Robert spoke about uh, starting your own group, and I am a true believer in that. If you can't find something out there that speaks to what you are looking for, you start it yourself. You build it from the ground up. And Jeremy, you know, reach out to Jeremy offline. I know that he can help. What Doug was saying about we get what we give, that energy that we give out and listening to people first. It, it's so beautiful. Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand and then to be understood. And I think that that's so valuable in business and in life is when we just ask people to speak about themselves first. And then we draw that information from them and we see whether or not their energy is on our level. And it's so really, it, it really creates these these intimate relationships that we're looking for. We're looking for like-minded people. And I know, Amy, that it's not always easy to find those people. I myself found myself in uh, a group of people that were not lifting me up or were not propelling me to the next stage, challenging me. And so I had to leave and find new people. But I know that you can do it, and I'm so glad that you were here today. And I hope that uh, what we shared with you uh, is going to help. And we want to hear the progress if you're willing to share it with us next time. So thank you, Amy. Um, I'm going to move you down to the audience now, but thank you so much for being here. And we are um, almost done, but we have Addy here. Addy, are you there? Yes, I am here. Am I audible? Properly? Yes, you are. We can hear you loud and clear, Addy. Thank you. Actually, um, I uh, my problem is that, see, I am on a spiritual path and the spiritual path depends demands you know complete true authentic alignment within ourselves with the universe with the ideals which we keep okay and because of that i had this issue from childhood that uh, you know the difference between self respect and ego this this challenge it came on my way i mean i didn't have a choice it's like a river running to a sea or moth to a flame you are drawn to this path and you have to solve those things you have to align with the right things so this issue which was there within me you know where i didn't know the difference between self respect and ego and it's so important on this path to let go of the false ego because it's only then that you authentically live right so uh, i came across a person whom i considered to be my mentor on spiritual path because the person had a lot of knowledge and of course the person turned out to be very difficult person for me because for me all the time my 
this basic uh, confusion was being challenged because i always had self doubt on myself you know whether i'm acting out of ego or am i acting out of self respect and each time i would go back i would go back even despite of seeing all the red flags in the person i would keep going back of course today i realize that that entire exercise of this one year the crying the hurt the pain everything was now i feel it's worth it because i really do understand the difference between self self respect and ego but the the problem now is that this person who was a part of the ex- exercise who was a you know uh, knowingly unknowingly the person who was uh, challenging me and to walk on this path when i ignored all the red flags of course in the end i was what i was aiming for is coming to this understanding also by also parallelly coming to an you know not getting bitter about the whole experience because if i if i become bitter about the whole experience then again i i lose the you know the the uh, good thing so uh, to arrive here at this point finally uh, what has happened now is that i have to let go of that person okay i have to let go i had to let go because the person was there in my life to teach me that thing but now my problem is see i loved that person right i accepted that person whole and so i kept the person as my mentor and even though he was the right mentor to bring me to this understanding it's like if there is a thorn inside your body it's only another thorn which can get it out you know and then you have to throw both the thorns away you can't keep them so i know he was the right person to bring me out of my confusion but he was not the person to be with forever and to continue being with so ultimately what i'm coming to is this loss loss of a person right ultimately he was a person it was a life and i accepted that life in my life as a as a partner as a mentor as some as somebody whom i crossed every red flag with and yet loved and so at the end of the day even though i know the difference between self respect and love i lose a person right and but okay i know eventually once this wound goes away once i'm settled it, this is very new for me i will then again be able to interact with everyone with him also in a very unbiased and unattached way but whatever was there that bond even if it was fake but that you know illusion of a relationship that illusion of togetherness that's gone and that will never be again there because i know that person is not the right person to be as a partner with but what about the fact that i i invested so much and it was a life you can accept a death of a person how can you accept a living person gone how can a person be alive and henceforth not be in your life intimately or closely or lovingly the way you was before i don't i don't know how to come out of this i sometimes feel spiritual path is something sometimes i feel, i know it's a path which you know it calls you you don't have it's like a army it's a war and you know you're called and you have to do your duty you don't have a choice but sometimes i know that i had prayed for this path i had asked for it i feel why did i even ask for it because my eyes are open now i have to walk this path i have to take it it's like bearing my cross and going up there and getting crucified anyways if you can understand and help me with this i am in too much pain
targets. Oh, Addy, uh, we feel your pain, and I, I'm going to open it up to any one of my moderators who want to start this. Doug, did you want to start on this? Yeah, sure. Addy, first I just want to say thank you for being so vulnerable. I have to say that shows just what an amazing person you are in terms of being able to share that on this platform with all of us. And from my heart to your heart, I just wanted to send you a massive hug and say thank you because it made me realize and think of my own self of where I was before because I had a relationship with a person, again, a spiritual relationship with someone I truly, truly loved. And, and she was my twin flame. And we were actually together, interestingly enough, for two years and two months to the day, to the actual day. And I actually met her because I, I sense you might be from India. The first time I ever laid eyes on her, I was in Dharamshala visiting the Dalai Lama and I was on top of a hotel called the Divine Himmer. And um, my spiritual teacher introduced the two of us on um, FaceTime. So I just wanted to say my real my heart goes out to you. And one of the things that I've, I've just re re reasonably recently realized is that I think life has positives and negatives, north and south, female and male. And we have good times and we have bad times. And sometimes it's just about reframing those bad times to understand there are always going to be hardships, there are always going to be tests, and there are always going to be failures in life. But when you've gone through that, then at least you know that period, that half period of downtime means there's going to be you know, a hopeful period of uptime as well. Because as I said, there's positive and negative in everything in life. And actually a very good book that I've just recently read called uh, Outwitting the Devil, which is by Napoleon Hill, I thoroughly recommend it might help you in terms of your understanding, in terms of what you went through. And maybe the next time you're going to create a true love rather than another lesson. Because sometimes the people that come into our lives help mirror back areas that we need to self-improve on to get up to that next level of understanding and learning so that we can release those childhood traumas that might be suppressed in the heart or the back of the subconscious. And these spiritual partners that come into our lives are almost like replaying the parent relationship. And actually, it's interesting the word parent and the word partner have the same letters, except there's an extra R in partner. So it's almost like we replay that parent relationship over and over and over and over again until we release and learn that lesson and create love le next time rather than another lesson. So what I would say, just to, to help you, and this is something that I did which really helped me, was I looked at my past love, my twin flame, and I claimed everything that I saw in them that I didn't like in terms of their triggers, their traumas, their characteristics that I didn't think that served them. And I wrote them down on a piece of paper in terms of they were my traits, they were my characteristics. Whether I thought they were in me or not, I own them. And then using that piece of paper, I went with a coach, a friend of mine actually, and I owned those and I voiced them out loud. So I would say, for example, at times I can be controlling. But I accept that and I'm willing to change. At times, I don't actively listen enough and I accept that and I'm willing to change. And I went through the whole list. There was 18 of them, actually. And once I'd finished with that, I then ripped the piece of paper up into shreds and I burnt it. And I saw it as a ceremony to release those traits, to release those pasts in me. And even if it wasn't in me, maybe it might help the other person energetically. Once I'd done that, I rewrote the list in I am grateful, positive opposites. So I am grateful that I'm always listening with love and understanding the other person's perspective. I am grateful that I am, you know, humble and whatever it might be. And then at that point, then I then said those over and over again, one with a coach, but also then by myself every day for 21 days, minimum 60 days, preferably in order to seed the subconscious and implement neuroplasticity within the brain and create new neural patterns in terms of the way I think. Because 
I was at another meeting recently with a very top psychologist, and he was saying we have something like, I think it's 68,000 negative thoughts a day. I don't know how he comes up with that. And, you know, 90%, sorry, 68,000 thoughts a day, and 90% of them are all negative. So it's so important to seed consciously that subconscious, because the subconscious brain makes up 95% of your thoughts and behaviors. So if you can really consciously think positively and write down also all the traits of the person that you want in your next partnership, whether it's in a spiritual partner or a love partner or whatever, write all down their traits. And once you have those traits written down, then you know that you can maybe go and act like them as well, because if energetically you're acting like those traits, you're gonna attract that into your field because like attracts like in terms of energy. So maybe try that and see if that helps. So get rid of the old traits, uh, create the new traits, and then write down the characteristic traits of what you want in a new person, a partner, a lover, or whatever it might be. And I hope that helps in some way or form. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And we have Jeremy who would like to speak to you as well, Adi. Um, Adi, so I actually just went through this um, this year, not once, but twice with the same person. Because if you don't, if you do something the first time and it hurts, you might as well try it a second time and see if it does again. Um, and I think the the thing that's helped me the most was, you know, I was talking to a mentor of mine, and really understanding the lessons that were there for me, and then acting on them. Um, one of them was uh, jealousy, and it was something that I'd always, you know, felt like I needed to have the sense of control. And I remember the, the part of letting somebody free with not only gratitude, but, but the okay of whatever's going to happen was so freeing for me because that was my personal lesson that I needed to learn from that. And being able to talk to the person and be like, you know, I really truly want nothing but happiness for you. Because when you're together, the goal when you're with somebody that you truly care about is that you want happiness for them and they want happiness for you. You know, that, that's just part, that's part of it. And you're always on the same team with that. And what's interesting is that we're on the same team even when they're not in our life. When they're not in our life, we still want happiness for them. I would, and I told her, I said, you know, I would love and I pray about the fact that you meet someone awesome within this next week, this next month, or this next year that treats you the way you're supposed to be treated and that cares about you like this. And I was like, you know, I might find it completely ridiculous that two people that care about each other are not going to be in each other's lives. He said, it's one of the dumbest things I think I've ever heard in human history is that I care about you and you care about me and we are not going to talk after this. That makes so much sense. All right, everyone, let's, let's make that make sense. And I was basically making jokes about it on the way out the door because I was just like, it doesn't make sense to me. But what did make sense was the end of, but I do want you to be happy. And I am thankful for these things. And I, and I said them out loud to her, to her directly. I said, you know, I, I think about basketball differently because of you. Because you were the first person who saw me and still understood that I can be a basketball player and be uh, this at the same time. So, Adi, it's, there's no linear progression here. You know, with, when I think it comes to that, that understanding, that self-closure. That self but the biggest one that I found is that I, I overcame two of my hardest lessons afterwards with my therapist and we talked about setting up these um ideas in the future for going forward and it was positive and it was exciting and i think the one thing that human beings all need is for everyone in the room is growth and when we're in the moment of sadness be in the moment of sadness feel it out cry it out you know and i'm sure you're going to and we're all here for you but when it comes to the future 
if we can start to have the excitement about who we're becoming, that's so much more important than who we're going to be with. Because that's where, that's where it changes our viewpoint on them going forward because we have a changed viewpoint in our own hearts. You sound like you have such an incredible heart. You sound like you, you really could care about somebody and really could be there for someone, and that's really special. And I truly hope that you find that in the future. And understand that I just want you to give yourself that time for now to be sad and understand that that threshold is going to shorten over time. That threshold of our stress that we allow into our lives is going to shorten over time and diminish over time of how quickly we can get back on our feet. It was the same thing for Ami, which as she's going with, through with her friendship search in her life, it's the same thing with you if, if, as you continue on. It's the, it's the ability to shorten that time of sadness and understand that we're here. And if we saw ourselves as God sees us, we would see ourselves as perfect creatures that's trying to just do the best that we can to care about other people. So we're here for you. We care about you. But understand, understand that uh, you will find this in your excitement at some point of who you are becoming going forward. Thank you. Thank you. And Candice and then Robert. Hi, Addy. I first wanted to start it off by echoing what some of the other mods had said. And thank you so much for the beautiful share today, for being authentic, being genuine and being vulnerable. And I think most of us can, you know, relate to what you've said. I know I certainly can. I've gone through um, some of my own, what I would describe as terrible heartache, and I never thought I would ever, you know, be able to overcome it. But as Jeremy says, time really does heal. I wanted to remind you of maybe a saying that you've heard in the past is that people come into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And sometimes when we think that person enters our life, we put them into one of those three categories. But then as time goes on, they actually move into a different category. And so I wonder if you allow yourself the time to think back to that relationship as to, you know, what was the reason potentially you had that relationship and, you know, give yourself permission, um, you know, to take the space you need for closure. And, you know, we can all define what closure means for ourselves. Closure doesn't mean that you have to forget that relationship at all. But what did you get out of that relationship? And how has that helped define for you what you want in your next relationship? And, you know, I would love if you could, um, you know, define for yourself what does having a great love mean? And you give yourself the opportunity to be loved again. And I just, again, want to close by saying I can completely relate to you. My heart goes out to you, sending you huge virtual hugs. And know that this is a very painful process, but have a lot of confidence that you will be able to work through it. And I hope that the shares today have helped you. Thank you, Candice. Robert? Thank you, Paul. Hello, Adi. Adi, I just have a couple of things I wanna, I wanna add, share. First of all, I think Jeremy was, was spot on when he basically commended you for the courage to speak up today. I recall, when I went at a moment in my, this goes back many years ago, but it was, I suffered a grievous loss, one that I thought I would never recover from. And um, I recall that what got me through was the love of one person. She was there for me and she carried me through that very difficult time. That's all I needed was that the love and support of that one person. If you can find that one person in your life that you can 
just absolutely open completely with. Here you're in a safe space with us, but you know, soon we're going to be closing the room and then you're going to be back in your own world again. If you have at least one person that you absolutely know with certainty that you can count on, that you can trust, that you can just open yourself up. I think the thing about grief and about loss and what I had to learn the painful way was that it's important to explore that grief within us you know not to deny it not to pretend it's not there and by you coming forward today and sharing you've <laughs> you've taken a giant step in that direction you know you you need to live through that grief you need to live through that loss and having that one person there to help you can make all the difference the only other thing i want to add to that is that remember that the end of something marks the beginning of something else so the end of this particular relationship, this particular journey with this spiritual mentor advisor that um, you now have lost, it just means the beginning of a new chapter in your world. So find that one person, look within yourself, know that you are so worthy. You are uh, just, I can tell just from your voice and just from your sincerity that you are one very, very precious treasure of a soul. So I just wish you all the best. With that, Paul, back to you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Robert and everyone. Uh, it's so true. I've gone through an experience like that uh, recently myself. Still love that person very, very much. And I'm so grateful that I had that time together. And this is what we have to remember is the gratitude of having that time. And people can change us and they come into our lives often for different reasons, just like the seasons. There's, a, there's this, this great saying that just says they come in for a little bit or a long time, but we have got to be grateful for the time that we did have together. And as Robert said, it is the perhaps the end of a chapter. We don't know. We have no idea what the future holds. None of us do. But we, we deal with what we have right now, and this may be the end for now, but the beginning of something just beautiful. And I, I admire the fact that you came up, the courage that you had to share with us. And Addie, I would love you to come back. And Eleni, I'm gonna turn it over to you in just a moment. But Addie, thank you so much for that vulnerability because that's what connects people together. And I have no doubt that something beautiful is about to happen. I am a believer that in any moment, our lives can change for the better. I'm a testimony to that very thing. My life has changed in a New York second for the better. And Eleni, over to you. Thank you. Hello, lovely Addie. Um, I didn't manage to get all of what you said, but um, what I did feel was, and you know, for me, I have lost countless people. I mean, it's easy. And it started at a very young age for me. And what it started actually with my father at 11 and it continued. And what I realized was everyone that came to me for whether it was a short period, a long period, as all of us are here transiently, it was about 
holding on to those wonderful memories of what I'd learned and what I'd received and from it being open again for the universe to be able to put me into a new place of abundance where I would meet more people who would be able to share and bless me in a way that I never thought. And again, you know, some of those people are no longer with me, but they were with me for a period. And I'm grateful for that because in that, I had incredible blessings. So really it's about being kind to yourself, darling, and being your best friend and knowing that the universe works for us and that all of us are here on a transient plane. But what's important is what we achieve and receive and how we learn to grow from our losses rather than being stuck in them and knowing that good things lay ahead for us, for our future. And it won't be long before you're back on here and saying, wow, I've met this person or someone's come to me with a new message, a message of hope, a message of trust and a message of new beginnings. And that's what I wish for you, my dear. And I'm Eleni. Thank you. Addie, I hope, and well, no, let me rephrase that. I know everything's going to work out and this may be a difficult time that you're going through right now, but just know this, there is a beginning about to happen. It is going to happen for you. I admire your courage again. I admire the fact that you came up and you shared and you realize as well, your story is going to touch so many people in this, in this room. Many of us have gone through exactly what you're going through right now. And the fact that you're sharing is helping so many people in this room to deal with what they're going through because you're not alone and you're never alone. So I encourage you please to come back into this room the next time we have it coming up and, and share with us how you're doing. Would you do that, Addie? Yes, I will do it after. I will not come immediately because I don't want to give you a superficial answer. So I will take a bit of my time and I will come back after a few weeks and I will let you know. You bet. And if there's anything that we can do for you, just please uh, let us know. So thank you very much, Addy. I, I just want you all to bless me because I know that where nothing works, blessings work. I want you all to bless me, please. I need that. Let's all unmute. Let's that. all unmute. Just, right. You know, send some love to Addie. She really needs it. Everyone. Addie, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to work out. Stay strong, darling. Breathe in. Breathe, breathe. And blow out. Breathe. And just know, darling, you're going to come through this and you will be much, much stronger for it, darling. You will come through this, believe me. As many of us in this room have been through many losses, you will come through this, you will be strong again, and you will be blessed abundantly. Just be kind to yourself, love yourself, 
and just try and breathe, 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 so that you can really let it all in and blow it all out again, sweetheart. We adore you. You're safe here with us. Come back when you're ready, but know that our prayers and our thoughts and our love is coming from all over the world to you. Thank you. Addie, um, just want to, to say, Addie, I, I, I'm a master teacher healer of five modalities of healing. If you um, message me on Instagram, I will record two prayers for you. The first prayer will actually clear out any negative energy within your energy field. The second one will protect your energy field if you're interested. No pressure whatsoever. But if you are, send me a message on Instagram and I'll voice record them back for you uh, for you if you want. Yes, I'll do that. Thank you so much. Yeah, Adi uh, Robert here, just going to add my word of blessings to you. Um, <clears throat> I don't claim to really understand very much that operates in, in what we call the, sp the spiritual or metaphysical world. But what I do know is this. You are worthy. You are so worthy. Uh, you Clearly, you are a, a pure and, and, and beautiful soul. So blessings to you, however I... However, I can communicate that to you. You have our love, you have our support, and we're here for you anytime. Thank you. I just want to end. I want to say this. I want to say this prayer for me and for all of us. Just God grant me, God grant us the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can. <laughs> And the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Addie, thank you for blessing us. You are a powerful, powerful soul. And we are, all our hearts are with you right now. And we are going to pray that everything works out. I know it's difficult right now, but through every storm, there is always a rainbow, and we know that. And it may sound cliche and corny that everybody tells you it's going to work out, but it does. And just know this, um, speaking for myself, the gratitude that I had with this person that came into my life changed my life. And I know that there was a reason for it. And you're going to get through this. I believe it. And we all believe it, and we're sending you our very, very best. Thank you. Thank you, Addie. Thank you. I'm going to move you back. Yeah, I'll move oh, myself yes. back to the audience. Thank you. Okay. I'll come back after a few weeks, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. And keep us uh, abreast, please. Thank you. All right. I would love to introduce you, if you don't know already, Dr. Forbes Riley. Uh, Dr. Forbes Riley has been a powerhouse on this application and she is just a, a beautiful human being doctor <laughs> wow dr forbes thank you and welcome yeah i wasn't a doctor when i started here two years ago how crazy is that paul um i'm hearing the heart and the, the spirit and how blessed are we to love on each other i'm thinking and i'm a little bit in tears about the many 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 nights of my life that i was completely alone whether it was through the death of both of my parents, the murder of a little boy that I raised for 12 years of my life in a senseless, senseless act one Sunday morning, walking from a haircut to church, Dexter was minding his own business, and a kid who didn't have a mentor wanted to get into a gang. 
And those are some pretty lonely nights. So I, I want to honor our girl for sharing her soul and, and inviting, literally inviting people like Robert and Doug to reach out and love on her. You know, we all go through those and I, I honor this app for that. And Paul, I love that you dragged me into this room. And it's funny because I was going through the mods like I suggest you all do to see who's here and to say hi and to follow people who give their time and energy. And Jeremy wrote back to me the most wonderful message that I'm going to share if he doesn't mind, but I simply said, what a powerhouse profile he had. And then he wrote, I owe a lot of that to you. And I'm like, question, question. And he said, the early days of Clubhouse changed me forever. I'm really in tears. I asked you about doing DoorDash and you and your daughter inspired me to have my own business alongside of basketball. You know, the funny thing about a ripple effect, I'm in a training right now when we talk about this word procession. Procession is a strange word. And it means that the energy that is expended from an action you take. And so when you drop a, a pebble into the water, the procession outward is in a very symmetrical, logical way that is, you know, you literally drop it at a 90 degree angle from down into the water and it goes outward. And it's funny, as I'm listening to this, I, this conversation, we don't realize the procession effect we have on others. The, the tiny droplets that we, the nudge that you give, that inspires Jeremy to take action, that inspires him to move others forward. Um, that's existing for all of us. And I urge you to stop being selfish with your knowledge, your time, your heart. Uh, I'm inspired this year to, uh, to, to do some pretty powerful things for Thanksgiving because that holiday is annoying me to no end. Where in a time when so many people are hurting on profound levels that we will never, ever comprehend. I'm Ukrainian by birth. And for years I grew up just saying I was Russian because that's what it was back then. And now what I'm seeing happen in a part of the world that you can fly to in literally less than a day. There are kids and moms and grandmothers being displaced and hurt for no, no apparent reason that they live where they live. They haven't done anything wrong. They haven't attacked anybody. Uh, they're hungry. They're frightened. A lot of them are coming to this country. And so I'm spending this Thanksgiving. I sent my love of my life to go spend it with his mom so that I can be of service. I'm of service this weekend. I'm literally doing volunteer work where I think people sometimes walk in the room, students of mine and go, what are you doing? And I'm like, just what I get to do. You know, you don't always need to be in charge. It doesn't always need to be about Forbes Riley. And how do you think I got here? One of the things I did in my early days was to live at an ashram. And you check into the ashram and they put a piece of tape over your mouth, literally, and tell you that you're here to clean up. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I didn't really anticipate that seva, a thing in India, was to literally be of service. I don't clean toilets and I, I pay people to do this. I've been paying that since I was 19 years old because I have a millionaire philosophy about that that I'll share in a second. But I humbly did all of these things and then didn't talk, which you can imagine for me was a huge issue. And when you do that, you're forced to be inside and to explore the, the quietness of your mind, which in my case is very loud for being something so quiet. And those journeys, those service to other people is something I highly recommend to all of you, especially as entrepreneurs, you're always wanting to get, what's mine, what do I get to do, Where? how much money can I make? And I'm going to share with you that true happiness is in other people, is in seeing your procession of your effects, of your smile to someone who's homeless, sitting on the, on the ground, 
who's cold, who nobody notices because they're homeless. But that man might have been a soldier in our army protecting our freedom, and you'll walk over him. A smile or a dollar or a cup of coffee might change that man's entire day or perspective on everything when he gave up on the world. So I just urge all of you, as we're coming into this time of giving toys to children who have no parents, who have nobody to love them, you'd be surprised how many in this country that we live in in the US, that's where I'm based, there are orphanages. And I don't think that we spend enough energy truly realizing that our own happiness is best received when you give it to others. So Paul, that's my, my initial thought for the morning here. Well, I'm gonna tell you something, Dr. Forbes. Uh, you are always this beautiful gem that comes in and shares so many wonderful tips about life. You've been through a lot, I know, I've heard your story. And the fact that you are so strong and that you help so many people is just a blessing to the world. You reminded me, uh, I've heard this said, and you brought this out, Dr. Forbes, the meaning of life is to find our gifts. Each and every one of us have our gifts, but the purpose of life is to share those gifts. And what you said, Dr. Forbes, about just giving a smile. You know, I, I remember something that I put a plaque on my first, the wall of my first house, and it said this. I was 21 years old. It was a police officer. I came across this, and it said, a kindly word so often helps a sad heart on its way, although we do not always see the good it does that day. And Dr. Forbes, you reminded us that to look at the eyes of the homeless people, the invisible people on our streets, and to say hello makes them feel not so invisible anymore, it makes them feel that they are, are there. Somebody who chooses uh, a, a lifestyle or who falls into it, we don't know their stories. Everybody has a story. And Dr. Forbes Riley, I really appreciate you and I thank you uh, for coming in. Um, over to you, I'm gonna turn it over. Well, it's funny, I along my life, and I certainly share some of the crazy, horrible things I've been through, but I've also been wildly blessed. And you just made me think of something. Lily Tomlin did a one-woman show called Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. I was 20 years old as an actress in New York City. I could barely afford a Broadway ticket. I'm sitting in the rafters, and I'm watching this woman for two and a half hours on a stage play 15 characters with no change of costume, no change of props. Everything was mimed, and I, I literally could not move from that theater. 20-some-odd years later, I'd written a one-woman show. I did it, got a couple of awards, and was invited by Lily to do that production. Oh my God, talk about a full circle of life. We should all be so blessed with this. But one of the characters that she created, the main character in the story is called Trudy. And Trudy is a, a homeless woman, a bag lady, um, for whatever reason. And to prepare for that role, by the way, I prepared for 15 different roles that I played over two and a half hours. I don't think many people realize that that's part of my gifts that I love to do. I was in Sacramento when we did the first one of the show, and I put on a coat, got a shopping cart, filled it with a couple of things, and walked around the street. Let me tell you something. You should all do that. You should all do that one day, because I wasn't very dirty, but I was practicing my lines, so I'm talking to myself, and I watched people cross the street away from me. I watched nobody look me in the eye. I watched that little odd behavior of walking in the street, kind of talking to yourself, looking the same way 
as I normally do. I didn't have to put dirt on my face or do much of anything. It's definitely Forbes Riley if you knew who I was. But they didn't because they didn't see me. And in fact, Paul, you want to talk about devastatingly imprinting on how to help other people. I got back to the theater after about an hour and a half of walking around town just shocked and hurt and lonely. And it was a very interesting feeling. I got to the gate of the theater and the stage manager is down the, the alleyway. And I said, hey, you know, can I, can I come in? And she turned and walked away. She didn't recognize me, even though I'm the one starring in the play. And I thought, what an interesting concept that we, we don't see people, we see generalities. We, we decide things about others based on their race, their size, whatever it is. And I'm shocked that a, that a, a human being who survives on love and, and nurturing can so quickly turn that away. So I, I can't believe that I'm called to even talk about this today, Paul, but I hope that it served you guys. And I, I would love to hang in the room a little bit. And, you know, you talk about mental health. Uh, it's a fine line between mental health and crazy. And I've got to tell you, I've probably walked both sides of that. I was in a room earlier today and a woman talked about, she said that she was successful at suicide, but she didn't, knock on wood, complete the act. Uh, and that recently she had dealt with some carbon monoxide poisoning. I've never wanted to leave this planet because the story has not yet been told. I watch movies and no matter how bad the movie gets, there's always some other, other thing to go through. And I'm going to tell you something. That And this is to the woman who was going through whatever she's going through. For so many people, it's confusing. I have a friend who jumped into a pond when he was 17 years old and woke up a few days later with no arms and no legs. His name is Pedro. If you want to see him, go to YouTube. Type in the word Pedro and the word Spin Gym. It's my fitness product. I watch this man with no arms and no legs use my fitness product with a huge smile on his face. It's worth watching because I don't know that many of you would want, of us would want to continue that next day. When you think about it, if he gets up in the middle of the night without his prosthetics, he can't pee. He can never touch his girlfriend or play with a baby. Huh? And I watch that particular video often because it's probably one of the most mind-mending things that you would ever like, wow, really? And he smiles. And then I'm hanging out with Kelly, who at two had her dress explode when she was playing with some friends out by a campfire. And she's burned over 75% of her body. To this day, she now has a beautiful daughter and a set of twin boys and is married and she's a speaker. And I, I just look at the rest of us who have whatever we're going through, whatever challenges that we've decided is so tough, we don't want to continue and go, huh? And then I'm going to give you a bit of grace because I don't compare to those people and say, oh, wow, I should be more grateful because if I have a hangnail and it hurts, I have a right to go, oh, wow, I'm really, oh, that really bothers me. And so while I don't suggest that you compare, I do suggest that you look and take an internal inventory of your feelings, your actions, and then just decide today, because you're here in the sound of my voice, in this room, hanging out with Paul, talking about self-sabotage, and decide and say out loud, I'm worth it. I'm amazing. I'm enough. I deserve to be here. And I'm happy. Thank you, Paul. Oh, thank you. That was a master class. And I hope that you will join us next week and every other week that you can possibly share some time. 
You reminded me of something, and I, I looked it up. Brene, uh, Brene Brown said, we are those people. She said this, the biggest potential for helping us overcome shame is this, we are those people. The truth is, we are the others. Most of us are one paycheck, one divorce, one a drug, drug addicted kid, one mental health illness, one sexual assault, one drinking binge, one night of unprotected sex, or one night, one affair away from being those people, the ones we don't trust, the ones we pity, the ones we don't let our kids play with, the ones bad things happen to, the ones we don't want living next door. Your story about just not being recognized going into the theater where you were going to, to perform simply because you looked different really pulls at, at my heart because we, we tend to do that. We tend to label people not us, and I'm not saying us, we, I'm saying so many people out there tend to say homeless person, that person gets no respect, or criminal, that person must be bad, through and through. And you reminded us that that's not the case. So thank you, Dr. Forbes Riley, for being here. And I hope that you will join us again. Um, are you up to doing that sometime? Dr. Forbes? Oh, 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 sorry. I, you know, I'm typing Doug in the back channel there. Um, <laughs> Paul, you know, I love that you reached out to me just to, to, to bring it around and be a little bit happier. Happy anniversary, by the way, because it's coming up to two years on this app. You and I started uh, talking about an OG in 2021, and I would love to hear from the other people on the stage, and certainly Jeremy and Doug and, and King and a couple of other people. Uh, but wow, what a blessed app, because I found you guys shortly after Joshua, and please go do me a favor, give some social currency and love to my, my sweetheart. His name is Joshua Self, S-E-L-F dot E-S-I on Instagram. He's a huge, beautiful fitness model and, and unbelievably, right? January 2nd of 2020, he's on his motorcycle and he gets hit by a car and shattered. Shattered his foot, his ribs, his back. I'm in the hospital by myself. I don't have parents. I don't have family. I mean, I, he, I, I don't. I have two children that I love very much, but nobody contemporary to my age. And I'm on clubhouse and I'm needing help because I'm alone and he's going through surgery and he's going to be ultimately okay. But I don't really know that at that moment. And clubhouse became, uh, he spent six months in a wheelchair. And I literally was on this app almost 20 hours a day because I needed to talk to people. I needed to be loved. I needed to share. I needed to hear other people's voices. And then COVID hit. What a funny time for all of us. So thank you, Paul. And for all of you who were there in the beginning with me, you mattered more to me than you'll ever know. Uh, it helped a whole lot. And June of 2020, Joshua, and you can find it on that Instagram page, all shriveled up and nothing, stood up with his crutch and said to me, I'm going to be Mr. Olympia a year from now. Now I got to tell you something. I think that's the silliest goal I've ever heard. I'm like, dude, look at you. And he said, no, it's what I want. And I watched him for a year with his fitness program and his eating and his determination and no coach. He does this on his own build up back to that superhero physical status, which none of us will ever get to. And then he walked on stage, having prep for a year. And you know what happened? And he looked so good. He limped. He was in a great deal of pain and he didn't even place. And I'm watching him and my heart's just breaking. And he comes off and he was so sad. And he said, I'm done. Wakes up the next morning and we're going to call this the Tom Brady and said, yeah, I'm not done. I'm going to go do it again. And for another eight months, I watched him do this. And sure enough, 
the night of the show that he did where he won two titles, he sucked up that level of pain. I mean, he can't walk, but he did that night because he wanted it so badly. December 14th, hopefully he's 45, will be his last competition, but he's going once again for that Mr. Olympia title. And you know, the cool thing about him, and I'm really encouraging you to start doing some Facebook Live so you can watch the journey. I get a front row seat to watching a world champion eat, think, breathe, live his day, make decisions. I think God put him in my life to make me a much better person because I'm not even close to that. I've never met a person close to that, that has this sheer unending determination to push themselves past the brink because he has this goal, this level of excellence that he wants to achieve. And for no other reason than he just wants it. He doesn't even, he's not even very social about it. He doesn't want the accolades. It's never look at me. He hardly ever posts. I'm like, dude, you're doing this. Why? And he's just because I want to. And I thought, man, if we could infuse other humans with this desire of excellence, not to show off just because you want to. Anyway, I, I just uh, would love you to send a little bit of love and cheer to him. And um, yeah, Paul, thank you. You bet. He's amazing. Jeremy, over to you. Man, that story is awesome. Um, but no, I wanted to um, share it out loud myself, Dr. Forbes, of the, the early days on Clubhouse when I was on here. And I remember it was your pitch classes. And this is for everyone in the room. There was probably 1.2 thousand people in the room. And there's Thomas the Train. I'm sitting here with my three-year-old nephew. Um, and I remember I'd come up on stage and try to be as early as possible because I wanted to hear what you had to say. And I remember I was like, okay, here I go. All right, I'm Jeremy Burright. For those of you who know me, and I was like working on my pitch, and you said, you know, Jeremy, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. You said, start with as. Start with as a professional athlete, and then continue. And I was like, okay, as a professional athlete, I've been in eight different countries, and, I, and it just flowed differently. And I remember just these little moments early on, and then as I finished speaking, you were just like, honey, if you've been in eight different countries, you've spoken three different languages, and my daughter has created a course it was $19 a month that 10, I think it was 20,000 people at that time had signed up for. The fact that you think that there's not enough wisdom inside of you to do DoorDash on a day-to-day -day basis, you're ridiculous. And I'm standing in my mom's kitchen on an off-season because it was COVID time. Well, COVID time, everyone was in an off-season. And I remember I'm standing there just like, she's so right. And the thing that I realized as a coach and everything that I've been able to put into other people is I've now coached probably over 60,000 people on this app in person, one-on-one. -on -one. And it's something that has always come so naturally to me because I'm not, I cannot walk past somebody at a park who is by themselves and not stop talk and talk to them. It's not possible. I've never, ever not been able to help people in my life. And when I started running rooms on this app and Doug saw it firsthand, I would have 2,000 people sometimes in my rooms for eight hours at a time. I had a room with, with when Tiffany had showed up, there was 4,000 people in that room. I just remember all of that, none of that, none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have been standing in my kitchen and talking to you and you would have been, and you gave me so much love, even if you didn't remember who I was at the time, that doesn't matter. I remember every time I'd show up, you give me so much love and encouragement and you'd be like, you got this. That's not bad. That was better this time. That was better this time. I, and it's, it's so cool how my life changed, how I literally charged people $1,400 a month to work with me on the side of playing basketball to where when we did go into COVID, I was fine financially and I could actually support myself and help others. 
it, it's it's something that blows my mind and i and i just got more confident over and over and over again if i'm running rooms for eight sometimes literally like 16 hours straight because it was just covid times helping people you're you're not gonna not be confident at that point and i've always been able to hear people's hearts always i've always been able to hear someone talk and be like yeah that's what you're saying but here's what your heart's saying and so I just have a ton of gratitude for you and for your daughter and for everything that you show up for. And it's so cool that I finally get to tell you this in person. So thank you for being you and for setting the example that you did. Oh, Jeremy, Paul, do me a favor. I want this replay. I'm going to play that on my down moments because I've never heard that, Jeremy. I just I love that. I love that you've got this beautiful daughter in your life. Let me tell you something. If you raise them right, they are the best things ever. My kids are turning 20 in four weeks. They're boy-girl twins. We do teach class on Sunday if you guys want to come. And I can't wait off-channel to, to, to just honor you and invite you on my radio show. I have a national radio show. So, dude, we're just starting. Thank you. Ooh, yeah, it's a three-year-old nephew, by the way. I don't have a daughter, but <laughs> I'm still trying to raise them right and teach them all the fun stuff. And then I get to go play basketball in, in South America and be like, all right, buddy, I'll see you in nine months. <laughs> Well, you know, that's cool, too. <laughs> Love you, man. Love you. Love you back. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to mirror what Jeremy said about you. Every time I've dropped into your rooms, Dr. Forbes, you have inspired me and you have supported everything. And you are just a powerhouse. I said that when you first dropped into the room. And I invite you to come back anytime you wish, because whenever you do, you share such value and we so appreciate you. So thank you very, very much for that. Mwah. All right. So we've come to the end of the day, everyone. We're going to close off the room in just a few moments. But I want to thank each and every one of the moderators who were here uh, and who are here. Thank you for giving your time and your energy and your beautiful words to everyone who's been here. To everyone who has spoken, to all of you who have shared your message, your shares have touched the lives of other people. We don't always recognize that what we're going through is exactly what somebody else is going through. And when you open your mouth and speak your truth and show your vulnerability, you don't realize at times that you are actually helping someone else who is struggling with the same things. We are more similar than we are different. And when you share that, somebody here needed to hear that. And we appreciate you so very much. And to everyone else who has been in this room, who has given their non-refundable gift of your time, I thank you for being here as well. We're going to be back next Saturday to, uh, to do the same thing. And we invite each and every one of you to come back. I just want to leave you with this thought is that life is going to happen. And sometimes it's not going to be easy, but no matter how hard it hits us, we can always get back. And when we hear of someone who has no arms and no legs and exercises uh, and, and does something, it's amazing to recognize how blessed we are, but that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for us to overcome. So thank you, each and every one of us uh, I, that are here. I thank you. And I'll be closing the room off in about five seconds. So let's unmute and say our goodbyes. Thank you so much. And Forbes, I hope you join us next week. Have a great one, my friend, Paul. See All right. Going to be closing the room in five, four, three, two, one. Thank you, everyone.
Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 